is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Perfect. Hello, welcome to episode 206 of the UK Steelers podcast and you join us always by me, Sam Winstanley and hey, you know what, you know that you know that meme where it's like, uh, hey, if, if nobody got me, I know that Gavin Marshall and Mark Hansen got me. We got your back, boy. <laughs> that, that very popular meme, yeah. <laughs> uh, how you doing? Yeah, Mark Hansen, Gavin Marshall, thanks for joining me, uh, as, as you often have through this offseason as, as uh, you know. The more flaky amongst us have, uh, maybe that's unfair, the, the more popular, I should say, amongst us have uh, found better things to do with the time. You two and me? Committed. Mm. We do the, we do the dog God, days of training. Better to do. <laughs> <laughs> I say this, I was literally gone for two weeks uh, <laughs> before the last show. Um, we, a bit of a bit more of a freeform show this week as we, this is, this, now think about this, this is the last week now for a very, very long time until draft season. That we don't have a game to talk about. Yeah, and then we go straight into the draft season. So this this is the last sort of free freestyle jazz form show before. Yeah, potentially shorter, quote unquote, yeah. forty minutes maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or it gets real again. Yeah, yeah, it's about to get really, really real. You know, and we'll, and we'll have a bit of you know a few practice weeks in in uh, in preseason, right? We can talk about the preseason games, get back up to. Because I always find this with you know now we've been doing this for four years or whatever like you go through these blocks, right? And by the time one block ends, the draft block ends, you've kind of forgotten what it is that you normally do when the games are on. Yeah. And then the games come and it's like, oh, what do I, you know, what format do I normally do this in? Like we go through the whole rigmarole over again. So that should be fun. Look forward to that in the next few weeks. On this show though, um, let's just get into housekeeping. Uh, check us out on uh, UK Steelers podcast on, uh, on Patreon. And you know what I'm realizing? I didn't write down the web address and that's what I tried to read there. That's why I fumbled all over that. Uh, you can find it. Search UK Steelers podcast on Patreon. Um, like our show. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Like our show producers did this month. Rob Ferguson. Oh, Mark Hansen. Handsome man. Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Jason Bowdler, Ian Ferruja, and Christian Rob. Yes, thank you, one and all. I'm going to return to be uh, getting some more input from the listener again uh, next week. We've been a bit a bit loose with what we were going to do uh, since I've got back from holiday, so uh, we'll pick that up again, entering into the season. And thank you all for your support as we continue to, you know, upgrade our setup and we're getting the mics uh, around to pretty much everyone. I think everyone's set up with a, a pretty good mic now, right? Mm, yes. Kets <laughs> <laughs> got one. Did we send Kets one? Did we send Kets? I think we did. If we didn't, we will. <laughs> oh, his setup's pretty decent, I think, already, even yeah. if he hasn't got one. So, yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, so thanks to those guys. A few other bits and pieces before we get into the, the real meat of the show. First of all, Dave, um, I believe, is, I don't know, he's riding uh, somewhere on his bike with with his young son. Uh, I, I know there was a, a Just Giving page, right, that he's raising money for charity. Right. Um, so shout out to Dave. I don't know if, you, if he's still, I think he's still doing it, right? He did a, he did a segment of it uh, yesterday, I saw. So, um, wish Dave luck and, and send him some uh, some good messages because man, I, I couldn't ride a hundred miles or whatever he's doing, especially not with a kid in tow. Woo. Yeah, and and his various ailments, he's struggled through back mm. problems and very good point. So brave man. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, good luck, Dave. 
keep rolling. Um, I thought we should mention uh, Dazen, a follow-up from last week. Have we figured out how to say that yet? D-A-Z-N, Dazen? Is it Dazen? Dazen, I don't know. I'm fairly sure it's Dazen, I think. I think I'm probably just going to keep saying Dazen for the rest of the time that this (laughs) is a thing. Um, Did you all watch this? We had one game, I'm going to get to that later, but did you all try this out over the weekend and did you have any issues? I did. I watched the 40-minute, you know, condensed version of of the Browns-Jets game. And was fine. A, okay. a couple of quality drops, but uh, that was on my phone on my Wi-Fi, which would I'd expect that. Mm. Okay, that it, it was fun. that because I was worried there wasn't going to be a game in forty, but there, there is. So that that just was as normal. It's annoying that it, it clicks to highlights. It defaults to highlights. I'm hoping that right. doesn't happen in season. Okay, you have to like you start the game and then you, you what happened there? All oh, right, it's highlights. So you have to then go back and go. You know, it should default to full game, right? And then you, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Minor gripe, but on the whole, it seems fine. Okay, fair enough. I, I was I was very mad at first about the the commercials not being there, but then I was informed that's like maybe a a preseason thing, so my eyes appealed for that. Well, yeah, because I I I use it through the TV and I put it on the other day just to check it out, and I got the commercials. So I don't know if that's just a really? phone thing. Maybe? No, I, I yeah. watch it on the TV app and on the Xbox app. I've been testing it out all over the place. Wait, wait, wait! And what's it's... this on the TV? Tell what's, me more. What's what on the TV? What do you mean? It's on the TV. It's on the TV. Well, <laughs> yeah, I got smart TV. Yeah, yeah got like the uh, Dazen app. app on a smart TV. Yeah. Holy smokes! What you say? You saying it's on like Fire Stick and stuff? Hang on. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I've got it on Fire Stick. Yeah. Can we? Can we? We need to roll back about five centuries for Gab. <laughs> Gab, what have you been watching Game Pass on the last five years? They, they, well, they removed Game Pass from quite a few of the things that I used to stream it previously, like when? Roku. They removed it. It's not on Roku anymore. And then, and then it wasn't. Was it on Fire Stick? Maybe it was on Fire Stick last year. But it, it seems like Game Pass sort yeah. of. You you have a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it works on PlayStation. <laughs> but when you, I didn't realize it would work on your smart TV inside the TV itself. You know what I'm saying? I'm I yeah. genuinely am lost about. <laughs> no, but it stopped working. It stopped working. It didn't work inside my smart TV. Right. Okay. So you had the app. You just it just didn't work. Yeah, it just didn't. Well, it, no, it removed. You couldn't find it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No but was that because they moved to Dazen? No, this was this was two years ago. Oh, so I had to always hook my laptop up to the the TV if you see what All I'm right. saying. Actually, well, we yeah. So this is through my this is through the Amazon Fire Stick rather than the actual TV. So that's yeah, that's right. a fair point actually. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I've I've had a couple of apps yeah just suddenly not work on the main TV bit. So mm, yeah, um, yeah, okay, that's why I got the Fire Stick. So yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me too. That's why I got the Fire Stick exactly. Mm. Well, I've got the LG TV app and then the Xbox is the backup, but um, the LG TV app has ads before you put a game on, which is going to annoy me if I get kicked out and then I have to keep going back in and you give me a 30 second oh, ads yeah. where it's like, Jets fans, win a trip and I'm actually going to launch something into the TV. Um, <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> I did think, the, and tell me if you saw this, you're probably going to say no, but the, the picture looked very washed out to me, like there was no colour in it. Um, I was talking to the Believe Land, the Cleveland Browns UK podcast about this while the game was going on. And they were saying that they saw that as well. I don't know if that's maybe just a recording or, you know, of, of that game issue or whether that's a, a wider thing. I don't know if you I didn't you see any that. issue. I've, I've, I've only watched a couple of things on it. Um, not even like games. I watched the kind of NFL 100 stuff on mm-hmm. it. Um, and I didn't have any particular issue with it. I didn't notice anything different to what I'd, what I'd been watching before. On uh, on the regular old Game Pass, so um, yeah, no, I, I've I've not noticed anything myself. 
Fair enough. Okay, we'll move on. I, I just wanted to, you know, touch base with that, see how everyone's feeling. We got a couple of weeks now in yeah. preseason to to get it sorted, and I can mess around with uh, things and settings. And do we know see if Jason has any plans to be four K? Is it four K? Well, this is so. This has been one of the things that people have been upset with. Was that originally it came out that it was going to be seven twenty p, and then people were livid. Then it <laughs> apparently came out that it was at least going to be one eighty HD. Yeah, what's going whatever. on? Why, why can't we get four K? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, this, this has been my biggest issue the whole time because I've got this, you know, this beautiful, uh, humble brag, like massive LG 4K TV, right? That I'm like, you know, games, it looks beautiful. But you're streaming stuff. Like, well, I, even streaming, right? If I'm streaming on Apple TV or Disney or whatever, one of the better, you know, Netflix, like that has the, uh, the high scaling, then it, it looks great. But yeah, NFL games do look kind of ugly, to be honest. I, I, I seriously thought we'd be selecting our angle by now and watching yeah, in 4K, yeah. you know, super sharp resolution. Come on, NFL. This is why it frustrates me, though, because the NFL is clearly outsourcing, right? They're saying, right, here's the feeds we've got. Let's see who will pay us the most to let them stream them, basically, right? We'll send them over. They stream them. That's what Dazzin is. That's what Deloitte was or whatever it was before. And because they don't run the uh, the system, if, as it were, there's no incentive to continue to upgrade it, is there? It's just you kind of get the slot that you're given. Yeah, you get what you're given, and they're yeah. given... 720p dodgy shite. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly, probably nothing can happen because you only show them by voting with your wallet, right? And what can we do? It's either no football or football. Yeah. Take my money. <laughs> so we are a captive audience, but alas, uh, if nothing else, you can come here to listen to us complain about it for the foreseeable future. Um, all right. Uh, last couple of things. Uh, uh, fantasy. Let's talk about fantasy. Uh, first of all, uh, Lewis Wood, where is he? Um, our uh, fantasy <laughs> consigliere. If you listen to this, Lewis, come back to us. I'm, I've been trying to get Lewis on the show. He, he was replying to me. To be fair, he's not completely disappeared. But that was before the holiday. And since I got back, persona non grata. Yeah. Come on, Lewis. We've got to get some fantasy talking before the season starts, man. Um, do it after everyone's drafted, like we usually do. Yeah. Well, it looks like that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> but it's fine. I don't even mind that so much because I like I like just discussing how he thinks you know things are going to go in fantasy each mm. year. Um, but we are currently involved in a few fantasy drafts. I'm sure many listeners are right now. Um, and Gav, would it be fair to say we have a case of the slow draft blues? We always seem to have the slow draft blues. You and me, <laughs> don't we? And we, we? I don't know why we do it to ourselves. We set up a system <laughs> where we say, right, we've got eight hours on the clock or whatever, and then we start getting agitated after 20 minutes. What's he doing? <laughs> it's true, it's so true. I, the thing is, I, I'm a fan of the slow drafting concept because it extends the fun, right? Really. Now, most of that fun is me sitting there annoyed that the person isn't picking the, you know, whoever they're supposed to be taking, but it does at least make it like a week-long event <laughs> rather than just an hour. Yeah. <laughs> It always seems to be the case that you and me are towards one end, and mm-hmm. we like zip through. There's like eight picks, yeah. and then it gets stuck at someone or other. Usually, the same person. I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> and, that, and that that person runs down the clock, uh, and then and then there's another couple of people take a few hours, and then it gets back stuck on that same person. Yeah, and then it's the next day, and then and then our picks come up, and we through it in about twenty minutes, <laughs> and then we're stuck again. But that's that's the price you pay for playing yeah. with friends and people you like. They don't, they're not as, um, you know. It, I was saying to someone the other day, this process every year reminds me how much more I must look at my phone than normal people. I'm exactly the same. Exactly what I was going to say. I'm I'm very good. I'm very reliable when it comes to fantasy because I'm just too 
too obsessed with my phone. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just have it right there, ready to go. Notification, boom, right, it's my go. Boom, 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 done. Now I'll look at some other shite on my phone. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just too glued to it. But uh, it, it's beneficial in fantasy. I think a lot of people as well, Gav, think that me and you, maybe me especially when it comes to Jason, I like really like tightly wound and like annoyed by this. I don't mind it to be honest. I, I get that people have lives and they're doing things, especially when you know they're at work and maybe they're at a job where they don't they can't check the phone like like we can or whatever. But um, I, I'm sure you must be like that at times, right? If you were if you were working at the minute, right? You would. Well, be I can, be I can look at my phone. I just can't right. talk on it. Okay, right, fair enough. Yeah. But um, so, but what I mean is, I you know, I totally get that there's, there might be swaths of time where people aren't available, and so that's why it waits a little while. That's totally fine. But what get what it gets me is, first of all, I don't think that's as common as maybe some people make out. Like, come on, let's be honest. None of you have looked at your phone in seven hours. I don't believe you. Uh, secondly, <laughs> like, come on, dude, it's the same guy every time, right? Isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> it's the same one or two dudes that take eight hours every time. It's like. <sighs> Come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know you're in a draft. Are you telling me that for two days now you haven't looked at your phone? <laughs> and you just get that fear that they, they use up all that time, then it gets back to them. It's like, please, it's got back to you. Yeah, surely, yeah. Surely You've just gone. <laughs> Don't use another eight hours, please. You, you're totally right about that. It's like the Jason 10 minutes. You get 10 minutes after Jason's pick, and those swing picks have to happen, and then he'll make the second one. Otherwise, you're stuck again. <laughs> right, okay, let's move on. Otherwise, I'm going to get angry messages from Jason about this. Um, I think that's a guarantee. I certainly will. Hey, but but in all seriousness, Jason, I'm using you as a as a you know someone to poke a stick at. But you have not been the worst for it this year, <laughs> by far. Uh, we might come back to a bit of fantasy talk later, a bit yes, more sure. in depth. Just why not for fun? Um, all right, that's that's all the uh, the kind of the housekeeping stuff I had. I, I wanted to invite you, Mark, if you were ready, to maybe talk about the the NFL sevens game and and what the plan is for it. If you're prepared for that, if not. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm totally prepared. I've I just been, thought we'd uh, be better absolutely. doing that like towards the top of the show rather than at the end, like we usually do. Yeah. So, um, for anybody who follows my uh, Twitter uh, at, at Mesh NFL, if you don't get on it, okay, nice little plug you for want? me right at the start of that. But, oh, my ex. Sorry. Yes, you have to say my ex account now. I'm not who? doing that. I, listen, <laughs> no memorandum on that. I, I am not doing it. You know, you're just gonna see, keep saying Twitter. When, I, and, when, when I'm, still... when I'm, sorry, when I've got grandkids, they're gonna be like, "Okay, okay Grandpa, sure, it's called Twitter." <laughs> like, are we gonna be the like the people who keeps calling them marathon bars? Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, opal fruits. Oh, that was the thing. I I accidentally called a pack of Starburst opal fruits the other day. Stop it! Like, it's not been opal. It's not been opal fruits since I was a tiny child. Like, what the hell am I calling them opal fruits for? Very strange, but um, yes. Anyway, um, so yeah, if you if you follow me on Twitter or X or whatever you like to call it uh, at Mesh NFL, um, you will have seen that I have um, I've made a prediction game of mine that I have done um, a little bit more public. Um, so for the last couple of seasons, I've been doing a, a predictions game that I've called Gridiron Sevens, um, which is a it's a pretty basic uh, prediction game that you just basically pick seven games um, within. Uh, an NFL week um, leading up th- even through the playoffs um, where there's different rules that apply there um, that uh, that yeah yeah that you apply and you win points on for um, doing various things so um, I'll kind of just do a kind of brief rundown of the rules um, just to just to kind of let you know 
how it's played week to week. And I'll, ju- I'll just go through the regular season rules for now, just to kind of give you an idea of what it's like. So, um, as I said, so it's seven games that you pick within a, within a week, within a game week. Um, and it can be any seven games you like, but they're set out into different categories. So four of those seven games, you would literally just predict the winner. So you pick a, you pick four of those games. You just pick a winner out of those, out of those four games. Simple as. You get that right, you get three points. You don't get it right, you get nothing. Easy as. Perfect. Um, perfect, exactly. Um, then there are two games in there that you have to predict how, uh, you have to predict the winner and how much they'll win by. So by how much. Um, so just for example, let's use the Steelers and Buccaneers since it's this week. Say so I wanted to say Steelers will win by 10. So if you get the Steelers right, um, but you don't get the uh, prediction right, you get two, uh, you don't get the by how much right, you get two points. If you get it completely right, you get a nice five points. Lovely stuff. And then there's like a couple of rules around that as well that, you know, go further into depth. All the rules are on uh, Twitter and I'll explain that in a bit. Um, and then the one other leftover game you have is where you predict the exact scoreline of one game. So again, if I use Steelers Buccaneers as an example, I just say it's going to be Steelers 24, Buccaneers 17, let's say. So you just predict the exact scoreline. If you get that exactly right, that's a nice solid 10 points right there for you to really boost, boost your season. And then again, there's points around getting the right stuff and everything. Oh, hello. A plane's just flying through. Just it's randomly cats. there. It's cats. I don't know. Strafing run. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting those dragons teeth again. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the breakdown of the the game. And yeah, you do that throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole regular season. Um, and then there's some more because obviously there's less games in the uh, in the postseason. There's a few different rules that you get through to keep it doing predicting seven things throughout the week. And then yeah, you just tot up your total at the end. Whoever gets the biggest total. At the end of the season, wins it all. So um, yeah, I'd say I've been doing this kind of uh, semi-privately for like the last two seasons. We've had about six or seven of us uh, playing the game, um, and it's it's gone really well, I think. Um, and now the police are after Kets. This uh, is a, uh, it's absolute havoc outside. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> he's making My a God, getaway yeah. with a, a, a small plane stacked full of bags of banknotes. <laughs> Um, so you don't you don't get this in the south, Gav. So no, yeah. no. Uh, Midlands only. So um, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> can, can I just check that we? Un- I've understood this. So it's yeah. four. Four pick the winners. Two mm-hmm. pick the margin. One pick the correct score. Is that right? That's it. Yep. Exactly. Read them yep. and understand them. <laughs> <laughs> you and did should, read them. You did understand them. Yes. I, I should say the reason I asked for anyone that didn't listen last week. The reason I asked Matt to 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 go through this is that this, at least I'm hoping, will replace the. Uh, <laughs> Bless the menagerie, said, yeah, the, 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 the menagerie, <laughs> the cornucopia of games we've tried to play throughout the season, predictive games. And, and the good part about this is Mac had already thought about it, and it was ready, set up, and more well thought out than anything we tried. So, um, the I, yeah, the idea here, I think, Mark, sh- will be that that we can all do our entries on the podcast um, yep. before the game week starts. I imagine. Uh, and are we able to open this up to to some listeners? Is is, is the absolutely yeah? I mean, it's currently at the moment, so I've got pretty much. I think I've got all but one of the previous guys who had done it before doing it as well. Um, so that's rolling over. So I've still I've got a good solid five or six people already involved, and then I've got two um, 
who is it? Ian Alexander and Rob Ferguson are both playing as cool. well. Um, cool. They they jumped on the uh, the Twitter or the X um, to to say that they'll get involved. So got those guys involved, and then yeah, if we've got um, us guys involved as well, I, I'm more than happy for people to come in. You know, um, I've got a spreadsheet ready to go with everything you've got, there. So I just you've need got to a spreadsheet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's all thought out, ready to go. Um, and yeah, so if you go to um, at gridiron sevens as well on the old uh, twitter slash x whatever you call it um all the rules are in the pin tweet on there you can follow that um you know keep getting up-to-date uh info on there so cool. yeah um yeah and if, if you want to make this make it the main game of of the podcast as well that i'd uh, be honored <laughs> that would be that would be awesome, and maybe we can do. Depending on how many people want to join in, we could do like a little uh, a prize for the the highest ranking listener, or yeah, or, yeah. or maybe I'll just come first and I'll win the prize. Like um a side like a divisional thing where we're all in our own division on the podcast, and then sure. there's a list, yeah, yeah. listener that's, division. Yeah. yeah, I can I can divide the spreadsheet. Yeah, like that. and, yeah, that's, that's and also fun. a uh, previous. Players, division. but the, the good thing is the score is yeah. the same, so you can still see overall. Oh yeah, yeah, who would win? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree with you, yeah, just to see who would win on the podcast. Yeah, right. so, cool. Okay, yeah. awesome. I like it. Um, is that is there anything else on that, Mark, or is that a thorough uh, enough no, explanation? Not, not really. No, I mean, cool. um, yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of summed it all up. So as all I right. say, yeah, at Gridiron Sevens, if you want to just uh, check out the full rules on that. Yeah, cool. And tweet. Uh, yeah, tweet Mark through at Gridiron7s directly if you want to join in, because I'm sure Mark's probably a better person to write your name down than me, because I'll forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my organisation is such a mess. I had uh, a place come up in the Fantasy League that I'm the commissioner of the other day, or one of them, and uh, I thought, oh, hang on a minute, I've got somebody who wants to be in like one of these leagues, and I'm just going through my notes, I'm like searching random words to see, because I knew that if I'd have written it down, it would have been in my notes, and there's like a thousand notes, and I'm searching fantasy sleeper you know what i mean just a complete mess um i don't know how people remember things frankly uh, matt knows what you're talking about he yeah exactly matt, one, yeah. matt Aldi was victim number one of this of my forgetfulness right gav i'll tell you what speaking of forgetfulness have you got the uh music for a game uh, a game show you could say <laughs> yes Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the return of the news game. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but brand new for 2023, we have a new format idea from me <laughs> in an attempt to keep it in the headlines. Um, so, new idea for this, right? We're going to play the news game. I thought uh, this had gone away. The great thing about the news game this week is there's two people and it is a game for two people, so it will be you two competing. Um, but what we're going to do is I'm going to keep track of how many times each individual person wins a news game. And if you win the news game, you stay on and compete with the next person who's available on the next show. I see. It's like that. Uh, I just watched Quiz Show, that movie from the 90s, the game 21. Mm-hmm. But in that, in that, it was fixed. The answers were given to the contestants. <gasps> in this case, they're not. No. And I've not been reading the news. Oh, it's going to be tough for you. Well, you see, this is why I like this game, you see, because this, uh, by the instrument of fear, will encourage you all to keep up with the news. Okay. <laughs> all right, Cal, <laughs> seeing, as you, seeing as you haven't read the news this week, would you like to pick whether you take question part one or question part two? I'll take question part one. You take question part one. And would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. 
I nearly said, Mark, is that okay? As if he had any choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to set a one-minute timer. Uh, just for me, in the background, so that I can uh, track. Uh, Gav, are you ready? I'll give you a countdown from three before I click start. I'm ready, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. What string QB did the Tennessee Titans list Malik Willis as on their first preseason depth chart? Four. Number two. Name one of the two teams free agent running back Kareem Hunt officially visited this week. The Texans. Number three. Which Super Bowl winning QB found out this week that they would in fact be featuring in the shameful first preseason game usually reserved for backups? Super Bowl winning QB. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who was announced this week as Shannon Sharp's replacement on Undisputed and will team up with Skip Bayless this season? Tom Diddlow. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I've got no idea. Seven seconds. Okay. And last question. Much maligned mayor of Cincinnati, Aftab Perival, was once again in the news this week. He declared that August 4th would be named after which current player and superstar corner in the NFL? I've given him some extra time here, Matt, because he's yeah, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any Bengals corners right now. A Woodsore or whatever. Uh, they don't even play for them. I can't remember. All right, Gav. How many do you think you got? Uh... Zero. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I like Malik Willie's fourth on the depth chart, though. That's that's fun. That would have been fun. Yeah. I know uh, a couple of those. Yeah. Oh, go on then, Matt. I'll, give me the rundown. You've got the free reign of the board there. All right, Malik Willis, I believe he's QB2. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Kareem Hunt visited the Saints and the Colts. Correct. This week. Uh, what was three? What was question three? Uh, which Super Bowl winning QB found out this week that they would, in fact, be featuring in the preseason? The first preseason oh, game? Actually, yeah, I think from here I was actually struggling. It's not... Um, technically, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's not Garoppolo, <laughs> is it? No, although he may be, but no. no. Uh, that, was that, that was Russell Wilson. Oh, um, who was announced uh, alongside Shannon Sharp to replace? Uh, sorry, to replace Shannon Sharp alongside Skip Bayless, Richard Sherman. Oh, he's oh. not did No, no, surprising, interesting. And uh, number five, uh, much maligned mayor of Cincinnati. Obviously, uh, listeners may remember that he called out the Chiefs. Uh, Burrowhead. Burrowhead, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he, he was back in the news. He declared August fourth, and this threw you off, Gav. I think uh, Source Day. Oh, because it's the University uh, of Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I thought it was Gardner actually. Like yeah, I think I misheard the question at first, but then actually I thought actually is it Source Gardner? And yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I actually think that you picked the tougher of the two banks of questions ever so slightly. I tried to make them as even as possible, but that may have been slightly tougher. Um, Mark, you have a score of zero to beat. Oh, feeling, watch me get zero. Are you feeling confident? <laughs> no, but let's do it. All right, timer on. Uh, I'm going to give you a countdown of three, and then I'll jump right in. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, three, two, one. Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard had never heard of which player after being asked about him by reporters following a joint practice with the Falcons this week. Oh, Jesus. Um, with the Falcons. Um, uh, Matt Ryan. Free agent pass rusher Yannick Ngokwe signed for which team this week? Uh, the Bears. 
correct? Which strange choice did George Pickens include in his top five wide receivers of all time when asked for his list? Oh, God, I didn't even see that list. Um, oh, no. Uh, oh, God, I am going to You can skip if you don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that one. Yeah. Uh, Saints running back Alvin Kamara was suspended how many games this week? Three. Correct. Oh, on, and which 2023 Hall of Fame inductee opened the 2023 season with a brave but perhaps under-practiced attempt at the national anthem? Oh, I see, I know that one too. <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. Um, wasn't um, uh, it? Wasn't the Browns now? Was it what uh, Thomas? The, no, no. no but you, you did get two right, Mark. So you are the winner. Hey, hey. Well, uh, well, well done, Marcus. Um, where? It was the Marcus Ware. Did you listen to that? I did. <laughs> that, uh, I watched right. all the. That's one thing I do do. I always watch the speeches. And, do do. Uh, usually, uh, <laughs> usually shed a tear too because I find it very moving. And oh. the bit that got me this year was Demarcus Ware talking about his granddad, who was a janitor, and he was describing how you can hear those big janitor keys, you know, shaking as he walked to him. And then he cut to him, and he, the, the old guy didn't know what to do when he was being complimented on the big stage, and then. Then it's worth watching this speech, man. Then Demarcus Ware turned his ire on his dad, who mm. said, "Dad, you were never there, but I forgive you." Wow, that's Ooh. the worst. And that's, dad, that's worse. And his dad did like a. He did like a. Wait, his dad was there. Was, his dad was there. Like they, they, they cut to him, and it was like the most awkward moment in the Hall of Fame, I think, ever. And he did like a hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil sign to the, to the camera. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, like one after the other. <laughs> I need to watch this. Oh, definitely right. worth watching that speech. Yeah, it's great, wow. great speech. Wow, Michael Square. And but and, and I, I was going to Lisa because Lisa enjoys it as well. She always just like likes them because they're quite motivational. Yeah, I, I think it's something that the Americans do that we don't do, mm. which is talk about their achievements. British mm. people struggle with that. Absolutely. Americans do it much better. It's quite inspiring. It can grate a little bit, I think, with some people that aren't used to it. They think, why are these people talking about, you know, what led to my greatness and how I achieved and became the man I am and all this sort of stuff. Is it fair to say Americans are a little bit more comfortable with sincerity than we are? They're more comfortable with success. They're more comfortable with talking about success. Yeah. I think British British people find it uncomfortable. Uh, But yeah, um, what I what I was saying was uh, I was saying to Lisa, is he going to mention the facts? Surely he's got to mention the facts, but he didn't mention the facts. Demarcus Mayer didn't, where it did not mention the facts incident. Is this the, fact, the facts machine incident of the draft? He, 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 oh, oh the, the trade, the trade, the trade. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trail fell through because the, yeah. the facts didn't make it in the deadline or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I thought he could have made a funny joke about that. I thought that was a mistake. Instead, he took a shot at his dad. Yeah, <laughs> which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of pettiness I I, I live for. I enjoy that. Um, mm. Just for completionists, the answer to the question is the first one. Uh, Xavier Howard had never heard of Desmond Ridder. Oh. Uh, number t- <laughs> uh, you got number two, Yannick Ngokwe signed with the Bears. Uh, number three, George Pickens, uh, top five wide receivers. I won't go through them all. The first four were reasonable. The fifth was Michael Crabtree. Wow. Oh. Well, <laughs> you know, but I can see that because Crabtree was a, a physical boundary yeah. You know, badass. I can see why he would rate him so highly because he, you, you know, these players take inspiration from from players that they can model their game on. Sure. Yeah. Remember the chain snatching. Loved all that. That, to- that makes total sense. The guy's probably just picking a guy, a receiver he liked in the yeah. fifth spot. <laughs> Wouldn't you do the same? Yeah. Sure. Shout out, you know, the, the the fraternity of wide receivers. He was Crabtree, maybe sort of 
forgotten now, but he was he was he was he was always one of yeah, the top ones. But Gav, if you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten that I have I've actually seen Michael Crabtree play as well. I forgot about that. Oh really? I saw yeah, I saw Forty Niners Broncos at, at, uh, at Wembley. I completely oh, I was there Crabtree as well. was. Oh, well. oh, ah, there you go. That was um, Troy Smith starting, right? Yeah, and um, uh, Carl Orton. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. fantastic quarterbacks. Mm. Mm. That, was, that <laughs> was in the uh, the period where the international series games just always seemed to have backups playing. Although I, I found out that um, yeah, Tebow had a snap in that game as well because I was looking back at kind of I did I didn't quite remember who was playing, so I had a look back at the at the roster for it, and yeah, Tebow Tebow had one snap in that game, so mm. interesting. I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, and I think you got all the other ones, yeah. Alvin Kamara, three, game suspended, and Marcus Ware was the answer to the last one. Okay, good job, Mark. You're the winner. You will move on. I'll knock that down. Fabulous. Uh, and and you he's won't... not eliminated? Or... Well, no, you're not <laughs> eliminated. You just, you've just lost this week, and, and maybe you'll be the only person left to contend oh. next week. Oh, right. <laughs> you don't have to look at the news this week, Gav, so you're all right. <laughs> I've got a bone up now. Uh, okay. News. Oh. <laughs> uh, horn, babe. Let's dance. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Dallas on three. One, two, three. <laughs> That's what they call in the business a horrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be normal segment. to do the news quiz after the news. Sure. Oh, yeah, I get that. Logical. <laughs> but this is Steelers news and, and bits and pieces in training camp and whatnot. Um, first of all, Steelers released their uh, first depth chat of the season because the NFL forces them to. Uh, I saw some concern about uh, our boy uh, Benton, Benton, whose name I've forgotten twice in a row on the show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Keanu Benton being listed third at nose tackle. There was some concern about that. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I have no real concern <laughs> about anything in this depth chart. I think it's made where, up. Where was the concern? Where was the concern there? I don't know. Who from, that you. Came from, from you, directly from you. I know it's fine. I know it's initial, and I know it's early days, and I know he'd be there. Yes, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'm I, I'm that meme of the house on fire. It's fine. <laughs> I will say, Matt, I think it's a reasonable question to say, you know, why is Braden for Hoko necessarily listed above him? I mean, he's a guy who doesn't have much more seniority, you know? I mean, he's not played a great deal. Yeah, he's not a rookie necessarily, but he's never been with this team and he's certainly on the bubble. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's maybe question marks there, but but as far as I'm concerned, like Tomlin with rookies is always going to dump them in the depth chart, right? I mean, Broderick Jones is listed by Dan Moore. We know that's still the case right now, but people are running away with that online. You know, the, the usual clickbait articles, the NFL rookie watch uh, nonsense. Um, oh, is Project Jones in trouble? Uh, no, no, he isn't. Uh, but is there anything Is there anything that jumps out to you on this? Um, I scanned it and couldn't see a great deal of interest. I mean, uh, they're still being cagey with KZ and Neil, right? Listing them as or, either or, on the depth chart. Starting I don't know if that's cagey. That's, I think that's realistic. I think Fair they're enough. both starters... We've talked about that. I think they're both starters sharing the same spot. I think that's acceptable. They've done that a few times before where they don't want to give one guy an edge over the other. What I find amusing is that if you look at George Pickens' slot, second behind him is Hakeem Butler, third, the mystery man, nobody, and then fourth, there's Catch Magic. 
<laughs> Why do we have to insult Des? Why can't we just put <laughs> that him is some like, shade. That is some absolute shade. It's funny you say that because Des Fitzpatrick is um, right behind Jamarcus Bradley, who was cut yesterday. Um, oh. oh, that's why the gap's there then. Oh. <laughs> well, he was he was waved injured, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Chandon Sullivan is probably as expected, but listed as starting uh, nickel uh, with Elijah mm. Riley behind him and Duke Dawson behind him. I uh, don't know there's a great deal else. I don't think there's many surprises, to be perfectly honest. No, no. And you wouldn't yeah. expect there to be. Uh, we'll no, see. This will all change. Our, our conversation last week about Adams versus Fahoko versus Watts versus mm. Benson. It seems like, you know, Adams, as we sort of ended up saying, Adams is in the driving seat. But, yeah. Uh, your boy Watts outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah. Listed third on the, on the defensive tackle depth chart. But, but again... Is that a case? But well, this Loudermilk's been on the team for a couple of years, so different, different to Benton, I guess. In this mental mind game, does he does he own more mindshare than than Armand Watts does? Who's a guy who's come over from a different team? I guess so. So I, I think a lot of this is just respect, right? This is this is putting some respect on guys that have been there for a few years. I don't necessarily look too deeply into this um, in terms of individual battles, you know, a Loudermilk versus a Watts or or whatever the case may be. Um, Let's see how this shakes up in the next couple of weeks. Exactly. I'm interested in why in why it shakes out like that. That Pickens is then followed by Butler, and then you've got Boykin and Cody White, who both seem to be running second team ahead of Butler in camp. Why isn't Boykin behind Pickens and then Cody White behind DJ? I, I where, don't get that. Where, where is Boykin? I can't even see his. Oh, he's at the top. Um, he's sec- yeah, he's right second. The top, yeah. He's second string. But yeah. Why not put Boykin where Butler is? Because Butler's not having a great camp by all accounts, is he? He's dropping balls left, right, and centre. It seems like, like he's not going to. Yeah, make he's also ploughing dudes over. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems to me like he's outside looking in, and it seems like Cody Cody White's Mister Reliable and probably a lot for the roster. Why? I don't know why they've done that. It doesn't make any sense. Do, when, you, mean, what, do you mean a lot for the like the practice squad or? Yeah, yeah, in some form. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. Like he's more, you know, trusted member of the team. Butler's, you know, only just shown up last season uh, after being with the XFL. Yeah. White's been with the team. Why not give White the respect by putting him second behind DJ and put Boykin over there behind Pickens? I don't, I don't understand that one, but I mean, it, it's, you know. Maybe something. that's, maybe that's literally more, to, maybe we're looking into this too deeply and they literally have like a, a right and left side depth chart. And they Maybe don't what it is, yeah. change them. I can see yeah. that. Because I agree, I think Cody White would be listed ahead of a game, but purely on um, respect and influence. Mm. So, because I, I, I don't... La- Go on. Oh, no, I was, uh, what, what happened last year that was wrong in the end um, that everybody kicked off about when the initial death chart came out? Was that um, the quarterback? Thing? It wasn't like Mason QB1 or something. I can't, I can't remember. So it's something... Everybody kicked well, off about something, something and then they realised yeah. it would it would it went wrong. Yeah, it, they they put it out wrong, um, and they, they had to amend it. I can't I can't remember what it was now. It was definitely to do with the quarterback, so I can't remember what order it was. But everybody just kicked up a massive, massive fuss. If but, this um, was being released this week, would Kevin Green's name be second string fullback? <laughs> Kendrick, you mean? What did I say? Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Green. I meant Kendrick Green. We we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. We we need to talk about Kendrick. That is for sure. Yeah, we that, do. Oh yes, 
<laughs> you won't know I'll be calling Kevin soon if we see what he's if it carries on like this. This might be <laughs> the the biggest um, swing in public perception I've ever seen. I mean, the Biden campaign needs to get in touch <laughs> because I, I've never seen a man go from so universally hated by a fan base to so universally beloved, and, and it says a lot, really, doesn't it, about the fickleness of uh, of Steelers fans and maybe NFL fans in general that this is a guy that people were desperate to get off the roster a week ago, <laughs> and all you've got to do is shove him on offense and put a ball in his hands, and <laughs> now he's like, uh, you know, hot shit. I don't know. I think that's just some love for the fullback position. But um, is this realistic? Is he actually going to play? Some, I think he's going to play some snaps in this preseason game. I'd love to see he's, it. Why not? He, he's getting selfies ahead of Pat Fryermuth down the down the uh, down the way now. So that's that's hilarious to me. Um, yeah, he's he's just become a, some weird darling all of a sudden. <laughs> like it, it's so odd, and he's not doing terribly with it either. Like he's he's definitely like. He's taking a lot of people down, and he's he's making some half decent runs. And well, yeah, he should it, uh, definitely embrace it. I think he should. Um, yeah, you know that that should be his goal because he's if he's popular in a in a smaller role, that's better than being terrible as a third string centre that's going to get booed every time you come on, right? So yeah, well, I, think- I mean, Andy Wydell said this is the time to experiment. Mm. So yeah, about him. So yeah, I I think this could be as what started out as potentially just a kind of casual let's see how this goes this could be you know could be a bit funny sort of thing is now like are we seriously thinking this dude might have wrapped up his roster spot by by doing this so well that's the interesting part of it right is that i mean if you if you brought this guy this this man uh without a name let's say this year he showed up in camp right um uh gendrick crean and Monty, and he was Monty a fullback. Yeah. Well, yeah, Monty Bottlebaum, yeah. And he was a fullback, uh, and you'd never heard of him before, then I don't think we'd be carrying him into the roster. But the difference here is um, we have seen him play at a position that, you know, could require some depth. And what was he always good at? I mean, he was good at blocking on the move. He was he was he was agile, he was he was uh, you know, quick on his feet. What he struggled with was anchor, right? And standing still and his his, his kind of base strength against uh against and power. The ball. And snapping the ball. <laughs> Yeah, all of which are things that you don't tend to have to do as much uh, when you play in fullback, right? And he can maybe enjoy uh, blocking on the move a little bit as, as, a, as a big fullback. And, and at the same time, that might not be alone enough to get him a roster spot. But what that is, is an attractive like um, side hustle, right? Where all of a sudden, well, maybe it's not worth keeping a um, the Raven Clark, right, as an extra tackle that doesn't get a helmet on game days. Because we're, you know, if they keep nine offensive linemen, they 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 usually sit one on the bench, right? Without without a helmet on a game day, that, that was Kendrick Green all last season. Um, I think without this, he would have been off the roster for for sure this year. And I think with this now, all of a sudden you say, well, hang on a minute, maybe we give Kendrick Green a helmet. He he's the option is at least there to play some some snaps at fullback for us if we need it. He's still a a depth piece, like the, a kind of a a swing guard center type. Um, although he's only been playing center in camp, I think. He still he still serves as that. Um, you probably put Nate Herbig in right as the first option, but he's still there uh, if anyone else goes down. And then you maybe sit someone else without a helmet, whoever that may be, and that might change the thinking in that a little bit. But I just think it's really interesting like how he can pick up you know, such a, a minute position, really, let's be honest, in the grand scheme of things, but how that might be just enough to, to put a guy back on the roster that we thought was definitely off. I mean, that's fascinating. Did I, did I hear, right, that uh, this came out of them using him on the scout team when the, they were prepping for the Ravens, so. and he was so. he was doubling up for uh, Ricard. Patrick Ricard, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's if that's the case, and they worked out he can actually do it. That is uh, some good thinking there. 
Yeah. And, I, and I'm on board with it. And I heard today that Patrick Ricard is now working out as an offensive lineman. <laughs> so they've gone the opposite way around. <laughs> they wave each other as they would pass each other on the, uh, on the traditional road. Uh, nice. Uh, the, uh, while we're on that, um, you heard that Loudermilk, I heard Kazora say Loudermilk was uh, been taking snaps at linebacker. Mm. Outside, yeah, on the outside. Yeah, outside, yeah, yeah interesting. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that would work no. because he's not the greatest mover. Yeah, I don't see it. Um, I, I would maybe caution to figure out what DeMarvin Leal is before we start playing around with mm. whether Loudermilk is a, a linebacker. I don't know. That's a bit odd to me. How big is Loudermilk? He's a big dude, right? He's 6'5". I know that. I think 300 pounds-ish. Because mm-hmm. that was why he ended up getting drafted because he's one of those guys that uh, fitted the measurables for what they like. Usually they're like uh, 6'5", 305. Maybe they're planning on putting like him and Nick Herbig in a really long trench coat and pretending it's one player. Oh my god, he's yeah, he's huge. Six seven, three hundred pounds. Wow. He's a big boy. Yeah. I I don't see that working to be honest on the outside. <laughs> but we'll see. I don't know, maybe because you set the edge, be one of those kind of guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah in the run game. Um okay, uh, oh, uh Chicolo kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Any other uh, nuggets out of training camp from you guys? Uh, Nick Herbig's had a slight injury, right? I'm hoping he's ready for Friday. I want to see him. A couple of little knocks going around, isn't there? Um, I think, uh, is it Trey Norwood's been out as well? Um, he, he had He's had a bit of an injury oh, issue. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned him. I mean, he's a guy who I don't think I talked about that much last week when we were talking about the bubble guys, but um, this safety behind him is really apparently making a push for a roster spot, right? Kenny Robinson? Kenny Robinson, I've seen his name prop up quite a lot at the moment. So. Yeah, he's he's made three picks in camp, apparently. He's um, one of the people I'm really now excited to see into yes. the, going into this preseason. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Alex Kazora's convinced that it's him or Norwood for one roster spot right now. Wow. So let's keep an eye on Kenny Robinson in this game for sure. Um, the way he's being talked about is a little bit like Jalen Warren was being talked about last year but obviously just on the other side of the ball. So uh, some people excited about him. Um, Mason's thrown five picks in camp, which is not like him. Maybe that's um, why Kenny Robinson looks so good. Is he going up against yeah. Mason? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think he's picked him off three times. Yeah, but do, do you know who's doing just as badly as Mason Rudolph in camp? That's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, what's oh, going really? on there? Yeah, the, Raven, the Ravens quarterbacks are throwing picks left, right and centre at the moment. Like. Because they're the other, a totally different offense. Yeah, the other day I think what was it? it? It was either seven or nine picks in one session. It was crazy. Mm. So yeah, I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, yeah, more of that, please. <laughs> it's funny. I tend not to like pay much attention to anything. Like I think during these three weeks of camp, I'm I'm locked into like Steelers specific news sites and people, right? Yeah. And so I don't tend to like buy osmosis as much as I would in the regular season hear about this stuff. So that's interesting. I did see something today about Jimmy Garoppolo. It was a quote from some exec in the Raiders organization that said, we're not worried about Jimmy Garoppolo's picks. We've seen good throws as well, which I thought was a concerning line. <laughs> um, but I've yeah. not seen too much else. Yeah, I mean, I, I, outside of Steelers, I mean, um, yeah. other, other than Washington moaning about Eric Bieniemy, but uh, that's... Uh, oh, really? What are they saying about him? They, they're saying, well, apparently some players have been speaking to Ron Rivera because he's a bit too, uh, bit too intense. let's be honest maybe what Washington needs right is the intensity of an offensive coordinator who's just won like two Super Bowls exactly maybe (laughs) maybe 
he might be on to something there and you just need to suck it up. Yeah. Maybe. But um, yeah, it's, it's all rumor, but that's, that's what's, that's what's coming out of there. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's been mostly Steelers. It, it's, it's funny when you follow so many Steelers people who go to these camps and you just mm. see the same play mentioned about four yeah. or five times. Um, but it's good. It's good to get different perspectives from different people. So um, camp, camp wraps up, doesn't it, this week? It's so strange that, right? Like how it kind of ends and then the game start. <laughs> right, they go into a game schedule then, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's not, uh, they, you know, they go back to the... They're not practicing like they would now with paddy practice in between yeah. games. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. But They go just... back to their normal facility as well. They leave yeah. the drobe, yeah. There was an interesting... I don't know if you listened to Move the Sticks this week, but um, Daniel Jeremiah, was. Uh, he went to La Trobe to um, watch Steelers uh, this past week. And he was talking about the fact that there's only three or four teams in the NFL now who actually do this going to camp thing mm. uh three of them being us the chiefs and the bills i mean that's incredible company to be uh don't to dallas be in do there it with. as well yeah they got it, dallas might be the fourth team i think yeah they, they might be the other one they yeah. go to california somewhere i think yeah Fox but North. um Fox yeah he was just saying yeah he was just saying how beneficial that is you know just to be able to get all these guys together and the camaraderie and and all that so it's a very special thing and you know if you've got guys if you've got the chiefs doing it and you just see how special that team is, and like how how strong they are with, in terms of their bonds. Uh, it, it's definitely something that works, and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a massive contributing factor to why you know while we're not at the kind of Super Bowl level, while we're consist why we're consistently getting these winning records. I think it's I think it's a big part of it is this is this team bond. I agree. I, I, I've always said I think that a, a big part of the Steelers' consistency under Mike Tomlin is is the foundational stuff that he does. Right. Mm, um, exactly. It's you don't have seasons like you know some of these teams coming in now, like the Cardinals, that just just feel like also runs before the season begins because there's just there's just a certain level of like expert buildership that goes on at the start that I think just. I mean, think think about the days when we had the Killer Bees, right? And Antonio Brown was starting to become an issue, and that all kind of came to a head, right? I think that would have imploded most teams. And you know, it, it certainly wasn't good <laughs> for the Steelers, but it didn't it didn't tank the Steelers at any point. You know, what I mean, it still felt like Tomlin was in control um, throughout that entire period with all the Lev Bell stuff, all the Antonio Brown stuff. You know, this, that, and the other. It, it never feels like we lose control, and I think a lot of that is that kind of camaraderie that they build up through this this portion of the season. And um, yeah, I don't know, it's something special that teams like the Steelers do. That's why I like these teams, to be honest. Uh, anyone you're looking forward to in this game? So the game is on Friday. Obviously, we you know we can't really preview the game like we would do a regular season game because it's uh, it, well, it's not a real game, but it is football. Um, I am looking forward to seeing Baker Mayfield and Cal Trask. I was yeah, going to say, uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like they're actually having a genuine competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite interesting because they're two very opposed kind of quarterbacks. In fact, what's going to be interesting is. Baker and Trask are going up against probably Mitch and Mason, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say that's a pretty similar match. Baker's quite similar to Mitch. They're both sort of boot action yeah. quarterbacks. And Trask and Mason are quite similar, sort of pocket. Trask apparently has been having a good camp, taking steps, getting through all of his reads, which is something that Mason's never done, and also finishing plays well, finishing drives well. And there's some noise that Trask is actually beating Baker. In this little competition, so that that's quite interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Let's see how uh, mm. how they well, fare. It, yeah, apparently Mayfield is starting this game, and then Trask yeah. will start 
next week is what I've been seeing. So, um, I imagine yeah, we'll see both of them, won't we? Yeah, we, we'll see both of them, but yeah, they're going to be starting out. Yeah. Each game diff- differently. So, um, I think it's, I think Pickett's starting this week, isn't he? I think I've seen. Do we, do we, are they just going to do the thing where they just get one drive and then they pull the starters? Is that what they're going to do? I, I, I uh, part of me thinks, part of me hopes that's the case. I really don't want to see any, obviously I really don't want to see anything happen to, to Kenny, but, um, yeah, I, I, it, it is. It, they have said that he is going to start, so I'm, I'm hoping it is just going to be one drive. But I'd love uh, to know if it? the teams have a sort of back back channel communication about when they expect to go from the ones to the twos to the threes to the fours. I, I wonder, do you think they do that, or do you think it's just whatever team does whatever they want? Because it it makes more sense. You know, there's no point playing your threes against TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith because they're obviously going to get destroyed. Hmm. But you know, you'd want to see fair against fair to so that people can rise up, don't you? So I wonder if there's a sort of coach's agreement, you know, they meet in a bar a week before or something and or you know, just have a phone call and you know, sort of lay out their plan. I I wonder if that goes on, do you think? Because they win. They might just play it by ear on the day. You never know. They might just see, oh, they're they're bringing their their second guys out. So yeah, let's let's bring ours out now just to, you know, keep it. It it might it might be an agreement in that sense and just you know, feel how the game's going and let's just progress together that way. You've got you've got these teams who are playing each other this weekend who are doing these camps together, so they're probably discussing it now as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think Bengals Packers play each other this week and they're they're in camp at the moment. So um yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that actually works. That's a that's an interesting question actually. Yeah. Uh, other noises coming out of uh, Bucks camp. I've seen uh, Logan Hall and Kalija Kansi. I think Kansi's been Kansi's injured, right? Yeah, yeah, he's injured, but they're 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 listed as their starters mm. along along mm. with uh, Pro Bowl uh, nose tackle Vita yeah, Vea. So yeah, yeah, that's their two last two top draft picks uh, starting. So and you know you know how much I like Logan Hall and certain people on this podcast. I think Mike very very keen on Kalaja Kansi, so that could be quite a, a solid line there for them going forward. But I found um, a few players to look out for from their from their camp. We've got um, wide receiver Devin Tompkins. Heard about him? So he's he's a bit of a return man. With twenty twenty two undrafted free agent, the dude is five eight tall and jumped forty one inch vertical at the combine. I mean, it's like jumped out of the building. Um, but apparently, he's showing out at this camp. He had limited limited appearances last year, but was 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 dangerous on returns. But he's looking he's looking pretty good as a receiver. They're thinking he could be one of those kind of guys that actually breaks out and makes it as a as a receiver. He's looking good on crosses, and he caught a fifty yard bomb from Baker the other day. So he, he's a guy to watch, Devin Tompkins. And then um, also their tight end, David Wells, the journeyman, seems to have found a home there. They seem to be uh, putting it together finally with the Bucks. Kind of a receiving tight end that's never really done anything in the league. Had five or six teams, I think. And then on defense, do you remember Servokia Dennis? Who yeah, was, uh, yeah. uh, it, we played for Pitt. Um, he, he, he's, he's making a lot of plays, apparently anticipating throws, undercutting routes, tracking the balls with his eyes. So he's, he, he's, he's stepping up. And, um, and then I think another guy I might like was the outside linebacker, Yaya Diaby. Remember him? Yes. Uh, yes. Going in the third round, like an edge setter. He's been working on dropping in coverage and looking like he's sort of expanding his play from just being a rusher to being a full outside linebacker. So he's another guy to watch. And then the final competition is uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. 
kicking for his life wow. against uh, Conor McLaughlin. Ooh. What a competition there. Oh, God. <laughs> I might give Rodrigo Blankenship the uh, tip of the hat on that one. Apparently, he's not been doing so well, right? It's oh, like... dear. Paul why can he just? Why can he never be the guys we want to succeed? You know, Rodrigo. Um, what's his name from the second round? Uh, what's he called? Exactly. Oh, uh... Exactly. <laughs> that was... There's there's one guy on the Bucks that we want to succeed that looks like he's doing quite well. The the new Bucks starting guard, our boy Cody Malk. Yeah, yeah starting guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, excited to see him uh, get uh, get a few snaps. That, that that was a little bit surprising as well. I, I don't know what the situation is with the Bucks all line, but but he was a guy who you thought maybe would need a little bit of time. You know, smaller school. You know, not as much experience. You, you wouldn't think, but. I remember in the in the pre-draft process, there was a lot of talk about Malk, obviously, because as, as a fit for maybe the Steelers in the second, third round. Mm. Um, Big Mark fan. And the the, the yeah. thought there was that he yeah he wouldn't start right away, but they got that downhill, just a dynamic mover, downhill, athletic uh, lineman, plays with fire. Mm. Yeah, Wonderful. yeah. Well, that's and it should be an easy one to watch as well because the hair coming out the helmet. Yeah, right. And our our very own Matt Filers on this Bucks team as well. Oh wow. The- Starting left guard. Nice. Pretty solid line. If you read it from left to right, it goes Tristan Wirfs, Matt Filer, Ryan Jensen, Cody Mark, Lute Godica. So, yeah, it's not a bad line. Well, good good job, Gav. A little bit of, uh, you know, research into the, uh, the the guys coming out of books camp. I like that. Well, I just like to see what we're going to see, you know, because otherwise you're not going to see the starters very much. So it's good to have some, to know who's going to pop and yeah. see whether they do pop or not. I've got my eyes peeled for Devin Tompkins. Right, maybe he could be a late round sleeper in your draft if it does, exactly, yeah. does go off. <laughs> um, from a Steelers point of view, though, I mean, I, I'm excited to see uh, um, the linebacker rotation. I think the most just because we haven't seen, you know, throw a dart and you hit a guy that we haven't seen before in that room. So who have we seen before? Uh, well, Matt Robinson, even he, even him, I'm excited to see. We've hardly seen any of them, right? And... So. I, I, I am very excited to see all those. I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to work with the defense necessarily in terms of who's going to get some some starting time in this game. I mean, do they do they start with an Alandon Roberts and a a Cole Holcomb because those guys haven't played, or do they rest those guys as veterans? I'm not quite sure. That seems to be the the two starters, doesn't it? Yeah, right now. Um, but then, does that mean that you see Quan Alexander, or is he also maybe going to be rested? Does Matt Robinson start this game alongside like a Tanner Muse? Or I'm not quite sure, but. I'm, I'm certainly excited to see them all. Nick Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Hey, Kwiatkowski. Heavy rotation. That's what we <laughs> yeah. want. Heavy yeah. rotation. Yeah. I do want to see some Cole. I think Cole, if he's going to be marshalling this defense, I think it would be wise to get him in there early and often, you know, green dotting this mofo. Yeah. I would, I would like to see a, a quarter out of him. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think it would be very beneficial. As I said, third most important stealer this year. <laughs> <laughs> He's very important. He is. Uh, we'll get speaking of important Steelers, Joey Porter Jr. We'll see a little bit of him on Friday, I imagine, for the first yeah. time. He's he's looking good coming off an ankle, so I'm thinking he's going to be good to go. I, I think I've seen. I, oh, sorry, I was going to say I think I've seen. I don't think Pat P's taking part, is he? No, he um, I don't yeah, think no, he'd play anyway. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so. I was going to say my daughter's getting very excited about Joey Porter. I don't know why. Really? Suddenly, suddenly she's 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 latched onto him. Oh wow, he's he's going to be a good player. Big she JPJ can... fan. Yeah, mm. literally. That fills me with some some hope because I don't it think does. your daughter's ever been wrong in 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 about an NFL tape before. 
she hasn't. Yeah. She hasn't. Interesting. Um, it seems like he is, he is, he might have surpassed Levi Wallace, right? What you were saying. I might have been wrong. I, I thought Levi Wallace was, was shooed, like, was a definite. It seems like maybe Joey Porter's going to be starting and Levi Wallace is going to be the, you know, the third man up, the guy coming on or going off, depending on what the, what the personnel grouping is. So, you know, I, I could always see that going either way. I was just a little bit surprised by how adamant you were that Levi Wallace was like entrenched, I think. Um, it just seems to me that, you know, you've got these experienced guys out there. You want that you, you can't buy that experience. Yeah. But, but if, if you've got such a physical freak, aggressive play style, perhaps you can. Hey, but, yeah. but all of a sudden, listen, if, if Levi Wallace is the third cornerback on this team, I mean, that, that's, that's probably one of the better trios in the NFL. If you know, obviously if JPJ, you know, turns out well, but mm. if he, what I'm saying is if he turns out better than Levi Wallace, that's a pretty good third cornerback, right? Levi Wallace. Yeah. That's fantastic. Probably the best co- third corner in the league. One off, yeah. I, I don't know them all as well as the receivers, so I won't do the Bengals thing and uh, <laughs> tell you one that's better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean third, you know, as in third, as in nickel corner, as in like yes, the, yeah, the third, third outside, outside corner. corner. Yeah, on. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um. All right. Cool. Oh, anything else about this game before you jump? We, you know, we move on. There's loads to say, but I think I think over the last couple of weeks we've kind of chopped it up. Yeah, about sure. This, haven't we? So there's. I think I think we'll, next week we'll get more into what we're expecting to see based on what we've seen coming out of this game. Yeah, exactly. And and by next week, like you say, we'll have some some hard evidence to review. And I think it'll be fun next week. We might actually even have more to talk about next week than we normally do on a game uh, review because we can kind of dive into the play of each player individually a little bit, right? Um, that we see at least. So that should be fun. I'm looking forward to going back and and. Watching a few reps of some of the more interesting guys, the rookies and stuff. Uh, that should be fun. All right. Should we get into the main meat of the show? Oh, I didn't want to mention this. Just in <laughs> oh, case oh, you oh, haven't God. seen it. Just in case you haven't seen it. Did you see the Colin Coward thing that he said on the on the show? Oh, no, God. No, oh, now, utterly appalling. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so basically, long story short, Gav, Colin Coward was doing a segment. I didn't watch the whole thing, so maybe I'm lacking some context. Correct me if I am, Matt. But um, he was doing a bit that was about, like, you know, why do teams draft QBs that um, are never going to win Super Bowls, right? And he was saying that since 2013, he thinks there's only four QBs been drafted that even could have, uh, possibly win a Super Bowl, right? I don't know. He's just a talking head, talking nonsense. But on the list of QBs that were drafted that he thinks couldn't win Super Bowls was Dwayne Haskins. Now, obviously, that's a bad look. And I think it's it's a very insensitive bit on the on the part of the research department, and it's very unfortunate that Colin Coward chose his name to read out as one of the three that you read out verbally. I oh, know that that's the thing, reading it out as yeah. well and not thinking to himself. I think maybe that would have flown under the radar enough had he not read it out and it'd just be on the screen because maybe the context there would have been, you know, these are just QBs that have been drafted. Um, and I do think that was the intended because um, you know, obviously the headline is. Uh, Colin Coward says Dwayne Haskins is a QB that can't win Super Bowl, right? <laughs> okay. But but what he meant was he couldn't have won a Super Bowl when he was drafted. Not now, obviously. Um, so I'm not trying to defend Colin Coward at all because I think it was very a very insensitive thing to do. But you do wonder who did that. You know, is that like a a miss on the research department that works behind the scenes on that show? I don't know. But are you are you coming at this from a respect and sensitivity angle or from a grammatical angle? Uh, what's the grammatical angle? Well, that he can't win a Super Bowl because he's well, <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> he cannot win a Super Bowl. No, but um, 
no, I, I, I guess I'm coming at this from the respect I got. Listen, I, look, I don't care. I'm not the most, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think, I've, I've, I always say this, I don't think I've ever been offended in my life. That's probably my problem. That's why I'm offending everyone all the time. But uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not uh, seeking dopamine through outrage. <laughs> I think that comes in middle age. Maybe. <laughs> oh, no, I think I am seeking dopamine through outrage. I'm just outraged at different things. Um, like you're people spend- Jason, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're exactly, you hit the nail there. That's exactly what I was going to say. People spend it too long on the picks. Anyway, no, I just wanted to mention that just because I thought it, it was kind of big news. You know, it was doing the rounds, at least, on Twitter uh, amongst Steelers fan base. So, uh, I mean, uh, from a sensitivity point of view, yeah, all right, it's a bit stupid. But in, 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 in the cold, harsh light of day, I mean, it's probably factually correct. I mean, he wasn't a great prospect. That's what I mean. And I think that was what the intention was. So, so I'm kind of just bringing it up to say, like, I don't know, let's move on from it because... I don't think it's what he intended. It was just an unfortunate error, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Go seek out the clip if you want to judge for yourself. I think I, people are guilty of over-evaluating emotionally. Yes. Yeah. And that sounds what that that is from the outrage angle. Yeah. It's, I... it's if, if you take the fact that the guy's dead and it's disrespectful, if you take that away, he's correct, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, I think what it is is that Colin Coward is already such like a maligned figure yeah I think people that's part of it. Yeah. people are people are also probably keen to dunk on him a little bit and that's that's spreading it yeah. um all right let's move on to the the main uh the main bulk of the show if you will i don't know if this is going to take very long to be honest but this is just something i wanted to touch on um because it got me thinking I, I, and i'll get into the reasons why maybe after we do it um you might be able to guess it's kenny pickett related obviously but what i wanted to do was just touch base with everyone and i've obviously got you two and 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 uh Mike, I had to work so hard not to say Mark then. Mike and Ketz <laughs> have sent in theirs as well. And it's the top 15 QBs. So basically a power ranking, right, of the current QBs. And the way I put it out there was this. This isn't a lifetime achievement award, right? So you don't need to put, uh, let's say Tom Brady was still in the league. You wouldn't have to put him first here because he's the best QB of all time, blah, blah, blah. This is like going into next season, but but not just. So the other example is Kyler Murray. He's injured and won't play this season, but he could still be on this list as like where you think he fits into the top 15 of QBs generally by talent at the moment. So it's not like a specific to 2023 list. It's also not a lifetime achievement award. This is just a power ranking of all the current QBs that play in the NFL and how talented you think they are. I um, think it's quite hard. I'm going to be honest. Right. Same. Mm. I think you get, you've got a top four. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's, it's, it's a, a big, like, nebulous cloud of dudes that have questions or are middle of the tier quarterbacks. I'll struggle with this. That's it, man. I, I mean, I think uh, Ketz was the one who sent this in, or maybe it was you, I can't remember, where, it was, where they said uh, there's way less like elite QBs than I thought. I think that was Ketz, yeah, but I agree with him. I really agree with him. Well, it, it's true. You can only have four or five elite QBs at any given time. Maybe elite's the wrong word, but, but you know, you think of these, like, high-end QBs, you know, mm. QBs you'd want to win a Super Bowl with. And, you know, he's right. I mean, there's there's so many fewer of them than, than you really think when, so when you actually list them out. The, the S tier mm. and the tier one, you know, the superstar club to, to the second tier, which would be tier one, it's quite a big gap, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think by the time you get to the end of this top 15, you're already starting to get to that point where you think teams might be looking for this guy's replacement. And I think that's the interesting point. Um, because 
as we'll get into after maybe after we do this exercise, we talk a bit about Kenny Pickett and what what it might take for him to enter this this realm next year. And and I think, man, where could he end up by the end of the season? But we'll get into all that. Let's get let's get through the list first. Um, so what I've done is I've combined the list uh, using the five entries: myself, Mark, Gav, Ketz, and Mike. Uh, and obviously, if you put a player in first position, they got 15 points. If you put them in 15th, they got one point. And then I added up the totals, and I have a cumulative list. Now, I'll start. Normally, I start from the bottom and go. I'm not going to do that on this one because I think it's pretty obviously the way around. So we'll start at the top, and I think it gets more interesting when you get to the bottom. Before I do, uh, would you two like to hazard a guess as to how many individual quarterbacks I have on this list? Because obviously, we didn't all necessarily have the same 15. How many QBs do you think I have on this list? I'll say 22. I'm going to go a little bit lower, say 19. Uh, you're both pretty close. Gav wins it. It was 21. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been maybe slightly less uh, if Ketz hadn't been here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. In fairness, it would have been equally less if Gav hadn't been here. But I will say, uh, <laughs> Ketz sent me his list, and I, A, had to remind him that a QB existed. <laughs> Uh, which annoyed me because I'd already done like the scores and I had to retabulate it all. Uh, and then I, I, you know, well, we'll, I'll get into his list as we go through it, but it, it did remind me why we banned him from list shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no uh, prizes for guessing who number one is. Uh, we all chose Patrick Mahomes as the number one QB in the NFL. I think that's pretty indebatable, to be honest, right now. We'll see where we are in there, a couple of years. There is but, no debate. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right now, there's no debate. Um, that is 75 points out of 75 for Patrick Mahomes. Number two, uh, who do you think came in number two? I won't do this for everyone, but who do you think it is out of the maybe? Josh, Josh Allen. Matt? Joe Burrow? It is Joe Burrow. Okay. Joe Burrow came in second with 68 points. And this was actually what triggered it in my mind was the Burrow-Allen conversation. I wanted to kind of gauge where everyone was on this because I think I've flipped this year. I put Burrow second. I would have had Allen the, uh, last year. Uh, Mike also had Burrow second. Gav, you had Allen. Uh, Mark had Burrow. And Ketz had <sighs> Jalen Hurts. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just messing Ketz. Um, so Burrow second. Allen was third with, with 64 points. And Hurts was fourth with 61 points. It, I, I think that is it. That's what I had as my top four. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts. That's not my top four. I had Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. Yes, I think Herbert's the other guy who's in that conversation. I think he's... Um, I mean, five is great. I mean, I, the way I would put Herbert right now is he is all of the pieces without the success. Um, I think he has all of the talent in the world and could easily vault into this top four. I mean, his arm is probably possibly the best out of all of those guys. Sure. Maybe Allen. But I think the other four guys in some way have shown that they can do it, right? Obviously, Hurts is a bit of a different situation. It's one year, but made it to the Super Bowl, did a lot of it with his legs. Obviously, looked yeah. good passing the ball as well, though. Um, Definite improvement from Hurts. I, I didn't expect to... I had Hurts at six. I know you're going to bring up my number five. I am. <laughs> I had Hurts at six, and that felt high for me. I, I still... It's weird because, you know, I, I like Michael Vick. I like Lamar. I like I like Randall Cunningham. I just can't get on board with Hurts. I don't know why, but I, I it's my own biases. So I, I, I hear you. I can totally hear an argument for Herbert over Hurts. And I think if you ask me which one I would rather have on a team, if on my team, I might say Herbert for the long term. 
that's more to do with the, the type of player he is and the, the longevity I project in that. But for right now, I think maybe Hurts is a higher ceiling for his team. I don't know. See, I, d- I don't rate him as high as Ketz, apparently, but Joe, Jalen Hurts was my third QB mm. on this. I just think he's taken leaps and bounds. I think he showed that last season, and I I, I think it's only going to get even better for him, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I, I think his ceiling is insane. So, uh, Herbert was fifth with 56 points. Um, then there's a bit, a bit of a gap there to sixth um, with 44 points. We'll get to your fifth um, a lot later, Gav. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that long. Um, but sixth was Aaron Rodgers uh, with 44 points. This was a little, this is where it started to get a little bit more interesting. I had him sixth. Mike had him sixth. Um, Gav, you had him all the way at ninth. What were you thinking on that? I just think there's so many question marks. I think, I think the play has dropped off a little bit and I think we're starting to see the decline. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll get a good bump this year with, with Jets, but I, I still, I, I prefer the guys I put ahead of him. I think, I think ninth is fair for him. I think he's still top 10. Absolutely. But I think the the, the shine has, has gone. But you know, I could be proved wrong. If he, if he thrives in this system under back with back with Hackett and in the big lights, big city, you know, he could have a renaissance. You had him at eighth mark, which I think is the lowest I could possibly go with him. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of in a similar boat with uh, with Gav there. I think there was yeah, there was a notable decline. But uh, I am very intrigued to see how he how he goes this season with the Jets. It's it, it could be a renaissance. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback that Ketz forgot. Uh, when I told him that Rodgers <laughs> existed, he said, oh, yeah, put him at seventh, um, which was behind where he had Tua. Uh, wow. <laughs> Ketz, I'm shaking a fist. Um, number seven with 41 points just behind Rodgers was Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that might surprise some people being at seventh, but what you got to remember is that there's not that many names that you can argue would be ahead of him in this list. A couple, but I think that's kind of fair for Trevor Lawrence. I had him um, eighth. Yeah, I had him eighth. We've only really seen it for ten games in the real Trevor Lawrence, haven't we? Sure, I think that's it. It's been such a small sample size, right? Yeah. Um, I suppose you could say that about Hurts, but obviously the success came with him as well. But I just think some of what we saw towards the end of last season for Trevor Lawrence was so impressive. And so prototypical of what we were, we'd come to expect, right, in that draft season when it was, you know, he's the next Andrew Luck, that I think it has really excited people, his pedigree along with that. So mm. uh, I, I get it. Um, I think that's probably around the the right space for him. I had him one spot below Lamar, who comes in at eighth. Um, Lamar would have been ahead of Trevor Lawrence and Aaron Rodgers if Ketz hadn't put him 15th. Wow, wow. wow. 15th on <laughs> Um, but as it is, he came eighth with 38 points. Um, Lamar, I think, is on a downward trend, is it fair to say, um, in terms of people's perception of him? I think he would have been in the top four two years ago. I mean, he was MVP at one point. Right. He's not in that conversation, so definitely arrow pointing down. I think injuries are starting to catch up with him a little bit. And I, I, we've talked about it before. This is phase two of the Lamar Jackson mm. experience. And, you know, there's question marks. Can he do it? I think that's what's interesting about Lamar is, is can, yeah, you're exactly right. Can he have that second part of his career? Because he is desperate, I think, for a bounce back season. I mean, these last two seasons have been injury ridden and, and messy. And, and, you know, there was the COVID season that, that 
was a complete mess as well. You really need to see that MVP level 2019 Lamar Jackson another year for him to convince me that he's back in that realm. But but I still think he falls in that weird little in-between phase where he's maybe not one of the guys I call elite, but he's better than the, the mesh that, you know, hmm. comes down once you get to like the 10th QB. You see, in my ranking, I've got Hurt 6, Lamar 7. And that and that feels fair mm. to me. And and Lamar could hurdle over Le, over uh, Hurts if, sure. if he has a good season. I feel like they're... They're, they're in that sort of bucket of the two quarterback, the two traditionally athletic quarterbacks. You know? I just think Hertz as a passer last year was beyond anything that Lamar ever put together. He did, he did, and that's yeah. why he was six and Lamar was seven. Yeah, Hertz did show, especially <laughs> even against the Steelers with those bombs to AJ Brown, he showed he could hit those deep passes that that Lamar was doing. Um, still yet to see the sort of short touch game that really out of out of Hertz, you know, the accuracy isn't there, but he's he's definitely shown he can throw the ball. Um, now we're finally here, Gav. <laughs> Number nine on this list, much to my own chagrin, was Kirk Cousins. Um, thirty-six points. Now, I'm I'm, I'm realizing halfway through this list that I kind of need to lose. So I think this is a time where you're going to have enough time to defend why you put Kirk Cousins fifth on your list, and then I'm going to come wow. back and absolutely rail you for it, regardless of what you said. Okay, is, is fifth. Even, yeah, I, I I put him fifth. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Cousins is an underrated QB. I really do. I think he, I, I, I don't. I think he gets a lot of shade. I think there's, there's, I think he showed that he can win games. He can be clutch. He's been consistent, and and that's what you want out of your quarterback. Look at the look at the offense they run. It's it's pass heavy. He he is peppering balls around. He's he's got command of the pocket. He goes through his progressions. He sees the field. We saw how, how how much of a cerebral guy he is, a hard worker. Yes, he doesn't have that competitive fire. Maybe that's maybe that's what's keeping him out of most people's top five. But for me, he he is he is a, you know he's right up there in, in terms of a kind of complete QB. And there, you know, he, there was sort it. of yeah, there was sort of semi MVP talks about him though. That's the last season, wasn't it? That's the thing, like. He he did really go on a roll last season and and kind of yeah it's 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 a difficult because I had him ninth I literally had him ninth where we've got him in this cumulative list as well I couldn't not put him in in there um, I just when I put it down I was just like I'm really putting Kirk Cousins in the top ten QBs of 2023 that's crazy to me but there is an element of that that makes it well it's not surprising actually when you have a look at how well he actually did last season and you know, what he could potentially do this season. So, yeah, uh, fifth feels too high for me, but I also sort of see, sort of see your point about it. But, like, yeah, I, I think ninth, ninth's probably the ideal place, to be honest. Um, I, First of all, semi-MVP talk. If there was ever any MVP talk about Kirk Cousins, I need to know who, who was talking it because... Uh, they need to be sent somewhere far away. Um, <laughs> they, they, when they, because yeah, they were what eleven and zero at one point, and uh, like, he, was doing, he was doing pretty well. So was, the biggest comeback in NFL history. Yeah, it was that was fun. Um, but that was after he had a shocker of the first half. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is an enigma, and and you know, I'm watching this uh, this quarterback series, and and you can kind of see why. But fifth is way too high, Gav. Um, there's absolutely no argument <laughs> that he should be above Hertz, uh, Jackson. Well, I mean, you can you can have your own opinions about Lamar Jackson, but 
Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I guess just because yeah. of the newness factor, fair enough. But then Rogers, no way. Um, I did have Cousins 10th. Um, but to me, what that says really more than it says anything about Cousins, who I think is a you know semi-reliable, safe pair of hands. Who ha- well, in that sometimes he isn't reliable. Um, but w- I, I think will I, win I, you double-digit games? I, I can... think he is reliable. I think right. Well, he's reliable until he puts up just, just absolute duck performances like two or three times a season. But in prime time, <laughs> oh yeah, often in prime time. I did enjoy the episode of, of Quarterback where he, they tried, they did like the whole intro to it, um, being like tra- basically trying to gaslight me, being like, "Oh, this whole narrative about Kirk Cousins in prime time, oh, it's not true." And there was this, they were, they were interviewing coaches and Kirk Cousins about it, and they're all just like, "Oh, it's all just a media narrative." I'm like, "Kirk Cousins, stop sucking in prime time if you stop wanting there to be a narrative about you sucking in prime time." Don't gaslight me. What would he need to do to change your mind? <laughs> the reason I have intent is because I understand what you're saying. I mean, he's a, he is a very consistent, high-level quarterback who's probably a little bit output in his coverage a little bit, right, in terms of his pedigree. He's a hard-working guy, obviously. You see that in that show. And that's why he's gotten to where he is, as, as the face of the franchise and paid well to be the Minnesota Vikings QB, and he's, he's won double-digit games many a time. I think there's a certain level of respect that comes with that, and that's why he's 10th. Um, but, sorry, to return to you, could you say, what would it take for him to be higher? What would it take for you to change your mind? I think it would take uh, one of two things. Uh, a season where he consistently like pulls out special plays to win games, which I don't think you see with Kirk Cousins regularly. You do sometimes. I think a lot of that is Justin Jefferson. Um, right, they're, they're symbiotic. You can't You can't put it all on on Jefferson without giving kudos to Cousins. But then outside of that, I think success with a strong team around him, which he hasn't been able to pull off. They've been on the edge. They've been on how, how they've been so close, man. Yeah. You can't, you can't, then they're in no different a situation to the bills. To really. me, it never feels like, so when I watch Josh Allen, I always feel like, wow, like this team is being carried by Josh Allen. I have never, ever felt that way watching Kirk Cousins. But they're different kinds of players. Maybe. Josh Allen is is five snaps away from throwing a devastating pick, and I, yeah. I, I agree. The upside of Allen, the arm is bigger, the the rushing ability is more enticing. There's more to see. There's more eye popping plays. But Cousins just gets it done. He just he just carves up defenses, peppers the ball around, goes through his progressions, understands NFL defenses. Right. Do you know what Cousins is though? Cousins is the perfect guy to play against bad to medium teams because he'll win every single time. But Cousins is in the Brady side of things, right? He's, sure. he's that you know, and if in, with different circumstances, Cousins, you know, it's amazing what he's even achieved where he's come from. He was it is know, the second quarterback drafted in the year he was drafted by his own team. He's 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 overcome all that. I just think, given a bit of luck, he could have. Got at least got got to the Super Bowl, and and then he would be viewed in a totally different way. I, I think I understand I think that argument, but, but no. See, see, here's the thing, right? Because I hear what you're saying. Yeah, the Vikings have been what, like one bad call away from the Super Bowl twice, mm-hmm. and and yeah, you're right. I mean, that would change the narrative about him, no doubt. But for me, I still would have felt that you know this is kind of I don't want to say in spite of Kirk Cousins because he's not. I'm not saying he's bad. He's just. He's a part of that system. I'm never going to view him, I don't think. And, you know, unless his play changes my mind. 
you know, like other players have, like like Joe Burrow has recently, and like Josh Allen did two seasons ago. Um, I I don't think that I'm going to come around to thinking that Kirk, because as far as I'm concerned, Kirk Cousins is like crescendoed, right? He's at the peak, and he's gone beyond what anyone thought he ever could have done. And I'm not taking anything away from him for that. But I think where Kirk Cousins now is is you know two levels above where he even should have been. Whereas what you're saying is with luck he could have been even higher than this. Where, but what I'm saying is. He is at the height of what he ever could have been, and I don't think he's going any higher. Okay, well that's uh, why we got him ranked differently, I guess. Um, but I just he hasn't, uh, you know. Maybe it's as simple as this: he doesn't have that special gene that, for me, would put him in the top five. Sure, he doesn't. But then, what was Tom Brady's special gene? Well, he was a different beast altogether. I mean, Tom, he, he's, yeah, he's that's like exactly the point. Kirk Cousins, right? Right. So. Well, that's exactly it, right? Tom Brady, I guess, is what Kirk Cousins would be if Kirk Cousins was a top five QB. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, but but he isn't. He doesn't. He doesn't if, if, have if Kirk that. Cousins had had Bill Belichick behind him. Oh, I, all this time. I don't know. I mean, no? it's like Tom... the ultimate system QB in a in a winning system. So then, why <laughs> isn't why isn't Matt Jones Tom Brady? Then I I, I don't know. I, to because me, Matt Jones isn't as good. Yeah. Well, you need you need both to be good. You need the QB to be good, and you need the scheme to be good. And and Cousins has had an okay scheme and I bad just, luck. I just think that. Tom Brady is a different kind of cat. You like you can't say like, oh, if Kirk Cousins was with Bill Belichick, then Kirk Cousins would have similar success to Tom Brady. I mean, that's just. But put Tom Brady, put him drafted by the the Redskins behind RG three, yeah. and a, put him with Gruden, and then put him on Viking, you know, in Minnesota with the cluster menagerie that's been going on there. And would would he have had the career yes. he's had? I think that Tom Brady would have won a Super Bowl with the Vikings if he'd been on this team. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. What do you think, Matt? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I think if you had Brady with Jefferson, then yeah, 100%. I will say this, Matt, uh, Gav. I think you've outlined your argument well, and I think it's been convincing. Okay, well, that's all, that's all I ask. To but be, I still think heard. I still think to put him fifth is bizarre. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, well, you know, lucky. Is, uh, we'll see. We'll see this season, right? You're lucky because Ketz yeah. has had way more bizarre picks. I don't know if it's bizarre. I think maybe it's bold. I don't think it's bizarre. It's not like putting two or fifth or something. It's you know, this, this is a guy that's that's been been close for a long time now. Yeah, I actually had uh, ninth. Well, actually, no, I'm getting getting out of order here. Let's let's follow the order. So Cousins was ninth with 36 points. Um, Tua was tenth with 29 points. Again. Kind of skewed by Ketz, who See, put that's him too sixth. high for me. That's too yeah, high. I agree. It's too also, high. exactly. Well, I had two a tenth to be honest. Um, that was a, that was exactly where I had him as well. So, uh, I, the, the parts where he wasn't massively concussed last season, <laughs> he, he played really well. Um, and yeah, he's he's got some really decent weapons there as well. So I. I, I know it's not about the weapons around him. Really, you got to focus more on what he's actually doing. But yeah, I, as I said, without without the injuries, I thought he, I thought he had a really really successful season. So I, I think if he can stay injury free, I think he's a really exciting guy to look look forward to this season. It's all based on hope with Tour. It's mm. not based on what he's actually done or shown. That's why that's why Cousins for me is higher because a lot of these guys here, you're kind of thinking, well, could he? To me, Cousins has done it. All right, he's not had the luck. His 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 success has been capped, but I believe in Cousins. I don't necessarily believe Tua can finish twelve games, let alone a whole season. I mean, I agree with you. I, I've been on the record as saying that I'm not quite 
I feel like a lot of people have jumped on the tour bandwagon because of like six games that happened Flash. last season. Yeah. And I, I just think that, that a lot of that was Mike McDaniels came in new. There was a whole new scheme going on there. People were raving about him. He's throwing to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, who were just insanely fast. Um, what I saw personally watching Tua was a guy who kind of lacked a bit of arm strength. Look, especially when he played us, looked a bit panicked in the face of a strong rushing defense. Um, I personally wasn't super impressed with Tua last season, but I am willing to, uh, you know, take it on the chin that I was wrong if he balls out this season. I could totally be that way, but I am not yet a believer on the Tua hype. Well, I wasn't a believer about Josh Allen either, and that changed. So, um, I, I am holding out, you know. The, the, the ability to change my opinion on this uh, with new evidence. But as of right now, I think people are getting carried away with two. I've got to be honest. I did 12th. Again, that was kind of just a a nod to the fact that after 12, you kind of enter a realm of just also runs. Um, I you had, had, too, you had yeah. him 12th as well. Um, so I had him two positions behind Kirk. Again, like I say, you know, I'm not, not dumping on Kirk because it's too heavily. Uh, Mark, you had him 11th. Uh, Ma- Mike had him... 11th. Oh no, Matt, where did you have him, sorry? So we all we all had him between 10th and 12th. It was it was purely just Ketsu who had him above Aaron Rodgers. Um <laughs> number twelve number eleven, sorry, was Dak Prescott, twenty-four points just behind Tua. Um so you do notice a drop off there after Kirk Cousins, thirty-six points down to twenty nine. There's a bit of a gap mm-hmm. between Kirk and Tua, and that's even with Tua's bonus points. So um I mean, are we are we writing off Prescott because of the horrendous injury? I think that's part of it. There's times where Prescott's look like look he great, be, yeah, yeah, top five QB even. Sure. I mean, but we didn't see it after the injury, have we? That's the no, problem. That is. That is I very nearly didn't have him in this top fifteen. Um, I think it was just because, as you say, there is quite a drop off of QBs. I felt like it would. It almost felt wrong not to have him in the top 15, but I was saying a lot last season that I thought he was bringing the Cowboys down. And uh, there's just certain points of his game where he just looks so inept and like, it's just, it's just incredibly frustrating to watch because when he does play well, he plays fantastically. But there was so many points where he was just, you know, his, his form was just dropping off so badly. And it was really, really frustrating to watch him play. So I, I snuck him in there. He was thirteenth on my list in the end, mm. but I, there was a point where I was thinking, am I even going to have him in the top fifteen? But it, as you say, it's just because of the quality, quality around there really does drop off. Uh, it's a shame because he's a guy that it felt like his he he'd entered the second phase of his career. You know, he wasn't just he was starting to pick defenses apart. He wasn't just that running QB that he kind of you know burst onto the scene as. And then he had the injury. So it's like he's been robbed of that kind of progression. So hopefully this season he's got over the, cause he, before, not only, you know, before the horrific break, he had various shoulder and arm injuries, didn't he? He was, you know, there was, wasn't yeah. able to throw, I think a couple of camps ago and all that stuff. So he's had a, a bit of a like injury mid section of his career. So hopefully he can stay healthy and put it all together this year. He's a guy kind of like Lamar that I put in a similar bracket of guys that I think could be like past it sneaky early. And I think this season there's a lot riding on it for him and Lamar in terms of how I'll view them going forward. You know, if they can show me that after some of these injuries playing seasons that they actually still have that high level play in them, then okay, maybe we're good to go for a lot longer than I thought. But I think both of these guys could end up being liabilities to the teams. Big deals. 
not necessarily 100% certain that they're going to get back to form. Mm. Could be, you know, $100 million boondoggles, as the great Chris Westland would say. <laughs> um, Matt Stafford came in next. There's a bit of a gap here as well, down to 15 points. We start to get now to people that not everyone had on the list, I think. I think some people didn't have Matt Stafford or someone. Um, I had, yeah, I had him 11th. So yeah, I boost him a little bit. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you had him 11th. Uh, Mike had him 12th. I had him 15th. Uh, I don't think Ketz had him on the list, is that, yeah. Oh, Ketz. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, Stafford is still a good quarterback. I'm sorry, he is. It's just that the, he lost everything around him. How old is Matt Stafford now? Must be 30 something. Sure. How many he drafted? 29, 2009? Yeah, I, th- yeah, that, I yeah. mean, he, he certainly would have been higher a couple seasons, even last season. But last season was so atrocious. Thirty-five, and I really wondered if he just fell off a cliff last year. And it's hard to say because that Rams team kind of became such a mess around him. Um, and obviously, you know, he dealt with injuries after the Super Bowl season as well. But I, I, I'm just not sure um, if he's still got it. Who, who are their receivers outside of Cooper Cup? Well, when, Cooper, when Cooper Cup went down. Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, the These boys. Guys, there's nothing there, you know. And you don't go from winning a Super Bowl and generating an, an all-time wide receiver season to being finished. No, you know, it, it's a gradual decline. Rarely do quarterbacks just fall off a cliff like this and can no longer play. He also had Allen Robinson. Well, he was injured as well. If I keep being told is is great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think that Stafford might have won the Super Bowl and mentally checked out. <laughs> it's possible, the hangover, right? But I still think he's, until, uh, if he sucks this year, then yeah, it's done. But I, I I don't think you can say that with confidence at this point. Fair, Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he, he could have another good season in him. I, I am falling on the side of he's done. That's why he's 15th on my list. But he's done this before. He's had, in, in Detroit, he had lulls. Yeah, you know, and yet he was making Megatron, you know, the the first wide receiver drafted in everyone's fancy leagues. He'd have these ups and downs, but he's 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 I, got he's a bit, you know, he's an interesting quarterback. He's he's a he's a pocket passer, but he's got a bit of that Mahomesian. Well, Mahomes even has credited him as he was copying Matt Stafford. You know, some of the innovation of sidearms. Yeah. You know, he he invented the sidearm pretty much. We hadn't really seen that in the NFL until him. He's still he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve, Matt Stafford. I just think you've got you've just got to look at the way the Rams have behaved for me. Like, you know, they're obviously the team. We've talked a lot about this in recent weeks, right, with me complaining about them buying the Super Bowl and trading for everyone left, right, and center to win that Super Bowl. And now you see that that tactic has changed, maybe a little bit out of necessity and finance, obviously. But I think also maybe if they really, really thought that Matt Stafford was still in his Super Bowl window, would they not have continued to build and build? And instead, it feels like they've kind of smashed that reset button this offseason. Um, so to me, the Rams are telling me that Matt Stafford is done. Maybe not as a starting QB, but as a contending one. I'm not sure about that. I think I think they're victims of circumstance and they're just trying to muscle through. Maybe. Get the man some weapons if he's still capable of, of winning I mean, a Super remember, Bowl. Remember, I'm just trying to madly trying to. Go- Do you remember Sam Bradford? I yeah, mean, yeah. That dude, he never lived up to his potential until his final season. Was it? Hang on, no, his uh, 2016 season. Suddenly, 
Wait, 2015 he was with the Eagles? I don't know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Wow, he was with the Eagles. I've totally forgotten that. Yeah, so his stint with the Eagles, one year with the Eagles, and then one year with the Vikings. Suddenly he was one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league after sucking for years with the Rams. I don't think he ever sucked with the Rams, though. He kind of did. Well, it was a bad team. A terrible yeah, that's team. what I mean. It was kind of a very similar situation to Matt Stafford and the Lions, I always felt like. I, now, I think Matt Stafford was a better player, but I always kind of... It's funny you mention um, Sam Bradford because I, yeah. I actually always, back in the day, now things have changed since then, but would always kind of lump Matt Stafford and Sam Bradford together yeah, as these they were QBs. Drafted. They were both first round pick, first overall picks in uh, Bradford's 2010, Stafford was 09, and they both had that... Oh, wow, I didn't even think about the... Monkey first on their back. Yeah, yeah, they were both first oh. overall. And they both had that monkey on their back and they both had... They've kind of grown into their careers. Um, well, well, but did they go into the careers or were they traded to better teams? <laughs> I've totally forgotten about the uh, Sam Bradford Eagles. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'm looking at this. Yeah, all right. You're right. Bradford had those two years, those two good years, and then he suddenly dropped off. So maybe with injuries, maybe maybe we are seeing the decline, the sudden decline of uh, Matt Stafford. Maybe you're right. Well, we shall see with Matt Stafford. But yeah, like I say, I'm on the, I'm on the side of the fence that he's done. Um he was, where was that? He was 12th. 13th was Derek Carr. I had Derek Carr far and away the highest. I had him at 9th. Um, mm. I'm still kind of on the Derek Carr train a little bit. Uh, I think it's totally fair to say that he's the uh, the Dalton scale guy, that he's the prime meridian, totally on board with that. But I do think that just in flashes, I've seen Derek Carr has like a wild competitive nature I'll never forget that um, Chiefs Raiders uh, primetime game where he just always went the Chiefs Raiders games. Always uh, those games were, were every single player, Crabtree, everyone stepped up for those games. I just think that peak Derek Carr is beyond what any of the guys I have behind him is, and the people I have behind him are Kirk Cousins, that Prescott tour, and I'll, I'll get to the rest later. Obviously, Cousins behind Carr is just wrong. Um, this is talent. I'm sorry, I just think that if Derek Carr was on the Vikings, we'd have similar results. Um, <laughs> I, I, I felt like because I had I had Derek Carr twelfth, and I wonder if that was a bit too low because I'm a, I'm a little bit high on Derek Carr as well. Um, I I think I think he is going to do some. In, I think he's going to do some very interesting things with the Saints. I agree. I'm, I'm very excited to see. Would you trade that, a ticket uh, for Carr? That's ludicrous. That's, in, that's yeah, a silly well, question. Yeah, that's, that's not, the thing. It's, no, that's the, it Carr, is. Carr was a free agent, and we could have had him. It, I think mm. it's a silly question because. One's a rookie QB with unfulfilled potential. One is basically a lottery ticket, and one is Derek Carr. <laughs> I don't know. So, so uh, you know, instead of going to the Saints, the the Raiders offered a straight up trade. I don't know. I, imagine that. Would, would, are you saying you wouldn't take it, or you just wouldn't even entertain the, the idea? It's funny that you you ask the question really because I actually think the line of guys that I would want to trade. You know, if you go, if you take us back to that offseason like you're proposing. Uh, the guys that I would have maybe wanted over the idea of drafting Kenny Pickett, it actually starts one above Derek Carr. I think those top eight guys, I'd be on board with it. I think at Derek Carr, I'd say, mm, now we're at the point where I'm at like, okay, this guy maybe could win a Super Bowl if everything goes right, but he's not going to be the driving force behind it. And so I would have said no. And what about Cousins? I would also say no. I'd, I, I would snap Cousins up in a second. I'm sorry. You are so high on Kirk Cousins, it's insane. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to almost get higher on Kirk Cousins just by being close to you. It's like, <laughs> I, need, I need to like go outside and meet other Kirk Cousins haters just to like re- go back to the norm. What's going on here? 
Oh, bring me back to wait. Where's Mike? Where's Mike's list? Where did he have Kirk Cousins? Tenth. Okay. Oh, thank God. Right. Reasonable football <laughs> mind is back. <laughs> I, I, what can I say? I'm I'm a fan of the of the pocket passer. And, yes. Yeah. Of course. All right. Rogers. Okay. Yeah, he's got got some juice. Burrow. Who who else is there? Lawrence. Yeah. Stafford. Now Cousins is up there. He, you know that's. I'm not saying he's not up there. I mean, the guy's 10th on my list. I just think fifth. I mean, you're putting him ahead of guys with like elite talent. Like, mm. I don't know, man. Who's it, who, who am I putting ahead of? Cousins is the very top of the like next level of guys, right? And, and I have Derek Carr in that same position. Maybe you don't, that's fine. But but those guys that I, like the guys I'm thinking of, like I said, that, that maybe aren't going to carry you to the Super Bowl, but you could maybe win one with them. Yeah. I think anyone above those two, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, you know, small sample size, as we said, but I think that's in him. Lamar, Rogers, Herbert, Hurts, Allen, Burrow, Mahomes. Those are all guys that might carry you to a Super Bowl, I think. Hmm. Is it fair to say that that gap is there with the, the Kirk Cousins of it all? The, the... But I think, you know, you, you could build an offense around Cousins and, and that could become the best offense. Right, but we're not talking, we're not ranking the top offenses in the league. We're ranking no, the top know, quarterbacks but, in the league. But Cousins' ability gives you that. You You can get you know, a fantastic tight end, two amazing receivers and a running back, suddenly Cousins it looks like the best quarterback in the world. Sure. It's, it's, I think Derek Carr can do that too. I'm not sure. I, I feel like Derek Carr is capped. He's he's not quite up there. He's just a bit over-emotional. He just needs to calm down a bit. And then he'd be basically Kirk Cousins in disguise. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, interested with these last two slots though. Um, okay, so yeah, Derek Carr was 13 with 14 right. points. Um, who had Derek Carr in the list? So, Mark, you had him at 12. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ketz had him there. You had him at 13. And Mike uh, also did not have him in the list. Okay, interesting. Uh, okay, at 14, Jared Goff with eight points. Mm. Kyler Murray with eight points. And Geno Smith, who got all of his points from Ketz. Where was, where, where was he on that gets his list? Eighth. <laughs> wow. But what's interesting oh, about yeah. that is that he actually wrote Gino one season wonder question mark, <laughs> but put him eighth. <laughs> okay. Um, Jared Goff and Kyler Murray though. Kyler Murray's a bit of an enigma for me. I I don't know what's going on with it. Again, it, it seems mental with Kyler Murray. I think he's got all the talent in the world. It seems like, but I, I just don't know. Is he the guy you want in charge of your franchise? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to, to me, it seems like he causes more bother than than anything. Um, He's so small. I just can't take him seriously. Like <laughs> a helmet with legs. <laughs> he can, but the thing is with Kyler Murray, right? He's all the way down here at sixteenth. He's the one guy in this area that I could believe could one day vault into that top five. Um, and that's just because I mean you do sometimes see like he 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 can put on those uber special plays, kind of like what I'm thinking um, Bryce Young might be, right? Mm. Similar guy, small, uh, very improvisational, can run around, make plays out of nothing. I think I think that's exactly what Kyler Murray is. But you know this injury is going to knock him now. You're a few seasons into this experiment. The team's bad. The vibes around Kyler Murray are very poor at the minute. But I just think that he's talented enough to be in this top fifteen, even you know even still. Yeah, I, I I put him as first of the also mentioned. Right. Okay. Um, did you have him, Matt? Yeah, you I, yeah, 14th. 14th. Yeah, again, he was another guy who was I'm in an hour and about having yeah. on there, but um, yeah, snuck him in there. 
I had him 13th and Goff 14th. Uh, Goff I didn't even have on my auto-mentioned. Goff has climbed back up. I mean, he's probably been hovering around this this area his entire career, like, you know, 15th Mm. to 20th. But I think kind of similar to what you said about Kirk Cousins, they've built an offense around him, I think. And I think that he is, you know, again, he's got that monkey on his back of being the first overall pick, obviously. But he, to me, is another in that line where, you know, he's just kind of a relatively safe pair of hands that can operate an offense quite nicely if you if if you got the right thing in place. I don't see it with him with the with the reading the field and going through his progressions. I see, I see him mm. as a read reader, you know. Play action quarterback pretty much. But but Gav, uh, he made a Super Bowl so the narrative has changed around him. Well, yeah, but he absolutely <laughs> crumbled in that Super Bowl. <laughs> Didn't show up or they scored 9 points. Yeah, but he showed up to more Super Bowls than Kirk Cousins does. That much is true. <laughs> Just messing. <laughs> Um, so that yeah, that was uh, 14th, 15th, 16th is those all those guys on the same points. Then 17th, Justin Fields. I don't know what's going on here, Mark. You did have him on your list. You're going to have to defend it. What having defending Justin Fields on the list? Well, I just think is Justin Fields one of the top 15 QBs in the league. I really think so. I mean, I've got him 15th, but yeah. In fairness, you have him 15th. I could maybe see that. I think it's projection, to be honest. I don't think it's, we've it's seen it. total hype and projection. It I mean, is. It, it, I, it, I don't it, think it's total like, hype. Games. <laughs> the dude's, the dude's legs are incredible. His legs are right? incredible. Yeah, they, they really are. And to be fair, that, that's yeah. Obviously, the Bears' record wasn't amazing last season, but um, I, I think this dude gets way too much hate. To be honest, I, I, I honestly hope that he has a a real uptick this season because I think this guy has really got the tools to to be a franchise QB. Yeah, it's all and tools. I really want to see it. It's all tools and and but I, I think he's I think list. he's like partway there, and I think his legs alone deserve to get him into this top into this top fifteen. I like your argument. I like it. I'm I'm compelled by it, Matt, because I agree. I think he is probably the top. Well, actually, maybe maybe Jalen Hurts would have something to say about that. But he's one of the best running QBs in the league right now. Um, didn't he break the record for like the longest or the most yards by a QB in a game or something last season? It was insane. Um, I could see the argument that just that alone, especially with how poor some of these QBs are when you get to like number 15 to 20, maybe you want to put him, you know, dink him in there at the end. What I wouldn't do though is do what Ketz did and put him 12. Wow. Ahead of Lamar Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) And Dak Prescott. Um, so, yeah, that's Justin Fields at 17th with five points. Now we're just on to guys that one person chose. Uh, Ryan Tannehill at 18th with two points. Gab, you were the only person to include him. Defend your take. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I still think he's uh, a kind of solid QB. Yeah, I mean, this this area, I also had Daniel Jones at 15, so I'm sure you're going to attack me about that. Oh, I wrote Mac Jones because you just wrote Jones, but you meant Daniel Jones. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it bizarre that I didn't even think that it was Daniel Jones? Matt Jones would not feature on my list. Um, and and this is kind of a legacy thing, really. I I just think he's he's been a good a good one of those this kind of mid tier quarterbacks uh, can run an offense. You feel kind of safe safe set of hands. I mean, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna win you a Super Bowl, but he's not gonna lose you one either. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm pretty sure that some of these names. Like uh, Fields and the, and the guy that's not been mentioned, which is Sean Watson, will probably replace these names after this season. But I still I still believe in Tannehill. I still feel like he's solid. Fair no, enough. Mid mid tier for me. 
I just yeah, fair enough. It's probably reasonable. Um, he'd probably be just on the outside looking in for me, uh, all things considered. Similar to Deshaun Watson, who was also on two points because Mike put him fourteenth. Um, he was a funny one. What did you guys think about him when you were doing this list? Because he is just almost a total unknown right now. He's like Schrodinger's um, sexual assaultist. I don't yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> allegedly, 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 allegedly. Um, <laughs> where I'm like, he could be a good QB again, or he just could be complete hot garbage. I have no idea. Um, I think. I, I was tempted to put him in because like, I was like, well, you know, three years ago, he'd have probably been top seven. Top five. Maybe top five. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think back as to yeah, where, you know, who five. was around yeah, at that time. 20, but 2020, you're thinking he was. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, top, top five. five. Arrow looking up. Yeah. Um, Got some wheels. Pass, but then winning mentality, competitor. Every season, every game last season was garbage. So I'm like, well, I've got really nothing to go off <laughs> to say that he should be in there, so I just ended up leaving him out. Uh, but I can understand him being there. Um, but none he's of you unknown. decided to put him on. No, he's uh, he's an unknown, and in this bubble of unknown is Pickett and Brock Purdy for me. Well, interesting you say that. Daniel Jones got you one point, and then Ketz, quite nicely, I thought, even though it's a bit silly, but at least he capped it off nicely, which ties into my point of doing this exercise. And he put Kenny Pickett at 15, which puts him there at 21 on one point. And really the whole point of this exercise was to think about, well, where could Kenny Pickett fit into this list at the end of this upcoming season? What's the ceiling for Kenny Pickett? What would be a good season for Kenny Pickett, you know, in terms of how we view him next year? Um, He could crack the top 10. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? That would be incredible, yeah. That would be like see a season has just gone superbly for him if he if he's cracking the top ten, I think. So to crack the top um, ten he'd be needing to get ahead of, let's see. So at ten we have Tua. Eleven Dak Prescott, twelve Matt Stafford, nine Kirk Cousins, eight Lamar. So somewhere think, Yeah, it's above Tua there. Yeah, so to go above Tua here would be yeah, I agree, that would be a cracking season, right? That would be like he's announced himself on the world stage. Put together a few like insane games, I would I would imagine, with some big numbers to get there. It's consistency. That's what we need to see. It's it's what we saw out of him from the end of the season. Coming back, winning winning games, you know, uh go ahead touchdowns on the final drive, all that stuff. That's what we need to see. Him carving up defenses, intermediate passes. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I think that season that you're describing, Gav, gets him in the top 15. That puts him somewhere between 15 and 10. If he has a very solid season, consistent, low interception to touchdown ratio, maybe no, carries the Steelers to the playoffs. Winning games where they were losing. That's, that's right. what puts, puts him into the top 10. Um, well, that's what I mean. I think to go into the top 10, I think he has to show something that's maybe a little sparkle above that. I think so. I think to get into the top 10, I think he's got to be you know, spearheading games where we're winning by a decent amount as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's great for him to do game-winning drives, but if he's doing that, it means somewhere down the line we're struggling to to get the win until right at the very end. So it would be nice to see at least a couple of big-time... It's, it's how I've said before on, on the show, I just want to see a couple of big-time Stealers wins I think that's top seven. Pick it spearhead think, again. I, I, if, if he's doing that, do you think he's that high? Do you think yes. A couple of those? This, yeah. this list, you're looking at there's a top five, top four, top five, and then everyone else is kind of a bit murky. I don't know, man. To get to seven, he'd have to be out, you know, people would be viewing him ahead of Trevor Lawrence. It's going to take something insane for that time. Yeah, but, but Lawrence has only done it for 
10 games. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. So, so he would have to have... But bear in mind, he's not coming into this with the pedigree that, that Trevor Lawrence has either. So he would have to come out this season and be, I think, unilaterally accepted as like having a great dominant season. For yeah, if, he, if he's slamming season. forty points, fifty points on yeah. teams, then he cracks top seven. Sure, I think. I think if he's if he's winning games, they're winning eleven or twelve games, and and coming from behind, he can crack the top ten. Yeah, because, I would agree. because it's so variable. There's so much, you know. These these names move up and down this list based on circumstance. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, totally. That's what I've tried to do is to, to try and remove circumstance from it as best as you can. I mean, you can't completely because we only see the sum of a whole, right? But for me, a guy like Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, Rogers, we'll see about Lawrence, and then Lamar, and again, we'll see about that going forward, are the guys that can carry a team on the back to success, right? And for me to get into that top seven, top eight, that's what Kenny Pickett would need to do. I mean, what what has Herbert really done? Not really got into the playoffs. They, he he's put up some big score lines, and he's looked good doing it. He's looked sure. dangerous. He's not really done anything you can hang your hat. But that, that's why I have Herbert um, behind Hurts right at fifth because he's got all. That's what I said at the start. He's got all the stuff. He just hasn't had the success yet. But you're putting him top five, and that's what I'm saying. Because he's got all the elements himself in and of himself. Now I don't know what's going on around him. Um, apparently, an NFL executive today said Brandon Staley is a really bad coach <laughs> with a good team, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the situation is around him. But you know, the Chargers, you know, the Chargers are going to charge it, right? And I don't know if Justin Herbert can overcome that, but. It seems to me that he has all the elements, at least, to try. So that's why I have him so high. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he hasn't had the success yet. So, so what would it take for Pickett to be in that situation? A bit of success. Pickett would have to be. I mean, I, I think the kind of player Pickett is, we would have to be seeing like consistently. He's just putting balls into tight windows that nobody else in the league can do. You know, that has to be his USP because that's what he's best at. Um, he has to be just marching up and down the field, picking up um, both chunks, you know, 20 plus yard plays and uh, picking apart teams when he can. I, I mean, we, I get, what I really want to see out of Pickett this season, and I haven't, I need to look at the schedule and just see what opportunities we have for this. Maybe Joe Burrow is a good example. Is him to just go toe to toe in a high scoring game, you know, where offense is king? Because at the minute we've won with Kenny Pickett through defense and him going on these game winning drives, right? It, it, to win a 2016 game. We need to win a 40-35 game with Kenny Pickett dominating for him to be anywhere near that conversation for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, frankly, your QB isn't in the top 10, the top, maybe even the top 15, if you're relying on him scoring his one touchdown drive to win the game because the defense has kept you in the game the entire way. You know? 29th of October, Steelers-Jags. How about that? That'd, that'd be, that's a great opportunity. Exactly. Put him up against Trevor Lawrence. Two guys... Uh, well, not in a similar situation necessarily, but maybe competing for those same spots in the top 10 if Kenny Pickett has a great season. Man, you look at this season, you look at this schedule, it's not too hard, I don't think. I mean, I'm just kind of looking at the quarterbacks that yeah, Pickett is going to be coming up against and how many of those that we've got in the in our combined top 10, how many of those are we actually going to go up against? So obviously we've got Lamar and Burrow twice. We've got, Joe, uh, we've got uh, Trevor Lawrence. But I think is that it? I think that's yeah, that's it. I think in the terms division of division games are the hardest games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Apart I mean, from you've the got Jags, Joe Burrow Jags there. So. 
Yeah. Don't get me excited. I'm getting you excited, Si. <laughs> Come on, Kenny. Yeah, but you, you know, you know who else? You know who else we've got? Week one, though. Oh, Brock Purdy, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, that could be one of the most intriguing. Like, I know it's week one, but that could be one of the most intriguing quarterback battles of the first week for sure. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Really it, going to be interesting. It's going to be a season of mixed emotions, isn't it? With with Brock Purdy in week one, then we've got the Seattle game coming up. You know, well, that's that's mixed emotions for you, yes. But, uh... <laughs> for everyone else, it's just a normal game. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, it's the Seahawks. I mean, okay. and, you know, we we didn't talk about any of the rookies. Very sensibly, left all the rookies off this list. But Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson, you know, seventeenth of December, that could be that mm. could be a bit of a showdown. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Richardson play, man. I, that's going to be so fun, man. I hope by the he... time we get, oh sorry, I was going to say, by the time we get to week nine, are we going to see Will Levis? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Thursday maybe, night football. Maybe something's gone horribly wrong there, but I, I'm predicting it will with the Titans. Um, mm. Would it be fun or would it be mean if I read out Ketz's full list? Go and do it. Um, <laughs> so, so Mahomes one, yep. Hurts two, interesting. Wish he was here to defend that. Don't hate um, it, but okay. Just a little bit premature for me. I mean, I had him three, so I can't go crazy about it. But to put him ahead of... of no, sorry, I had him four. That's what I was going to say. To put him ahead of Burrow three, and Allen yeah. is, is, to me, a little bit interesting. But uh, Joe Burrow, and then he, next to him he wrote, too many INTs. Um, I mean, uh, he's put him third, though. So, and and does, <laughs> does he throw a lot of interceptions? I mean, he did against us, but didn't all of his interceptions just come against us? I don't know. I can't remember. Um... Then Josh Allen, then Herbert. Okay, reasonable. Then Tua. What is that, going on there? That, that seems high. Where's he? What's he seen out of Tua that we've not seen? Interesting. Select games where he's not cracked his pelvis or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers at seven. Okay, uh, Gino A. Uh, again, I don't know what's going on there. Um, Trevor Lawrence at nine. Kirk Cousins at ten. Jared Goff at eleven. Fields at 12, Dak at 13, Lamar, he's put Lamar RB, like Lamar B, like because he's a running back, uh, I guess. <sighs> Tie a joke there, Kets. Uh, Pickett, 15. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. A few outliers there. The Hurts thing, the Geno thing, the Tua thing. Too many things. Yeah. Too many things, Kets. Yeah. Kets, you're on a one game suspension from Lich Shows. <laughs> It's funny, actually, when he, when he messaged you back and t- started talking about adding Rodgers in at seven, I did very nearly almost completely discount his list because I was like, I'm not redoing <laughs> this and your picks are ludicrous and it's going to stint the results. But then I was like, ah, it's not that bad. We're only it's messing not, with you, It's not terrible. It's not terrible. I do think he's too high on Tua and I do think he's too high on Gino, but we'll see. And Fields. And Fields. Hmm. Fields yeah. at 12 is a bit more. <laughs> uh, t- at 12, maybe, yeah. All right, well... That's that. That that was good. I, I I wanted to get you know, like I say, I just wanted to touch base how people felt. I just th- feel like we've not spoke about the wider QB marketplace in a long time, with obviously Pickett being our attention. I think things have changed since the last time we really touched on this. You know, the uh, the landscape of the NFL is continually changing, and I think that you know, last year for example, I was all in on Josh Allen, and I still kind of am. You know, I'm very high on Josh Allen, but I just think what Burrow's shown me in terms of consistency and his ability to to read defenses and, and just be a winner has has pushed him slightly above Josh Allen for me. But that could change by next season. We shall see. And that's what's so exciting. 
Exactly. Exactly. Will Gino be the number one QB next year? Maybe. Unlikely. All about <laughs> the Gino coaster, baby. Let's go. <laughs> right. How are we doing on time? How, how, how long? We, how long no, we can stop or we can continue. What are you, what are you, what are you thinking? Oh, no, I've got to continue. I've just got a few segments. I don't know how what to what to move to or what to clap. Uh, well, <laughs> that's vague. Um, <laughs> we're, at, we're at two hours, so we could end. But yeah, if you've got something you want to do, the time. What do we do? We want to talk about a little bit of fantasy strategy. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. We let's have a little yeah, yeah. bit of fantasy to, to to lead us off. <laughs> oh, I don't want to give too much away, mm. but um, I. What I'm doing redraft this year, and tell me if if uh, any of these terms are alien to you. I'm sure they're not. But I, I've gone for hero RB with mm. late round quarterback. That's that's what I'm doing, and you seem to be doing the exact opposite side. Yes. This year. Yeah. Why this, is that? So this year, I, I, basically, I've become tired of every single time, uh, every single year. Sorry, get into a position in the midpoint of the season where a running back's injured, and I'm just desperately trying to fill that spot with you know Marlon Mack. Or Marlon Mack, who's just been who's uh, just broke his something <laughs> um, week, uh, two week, uh, two days after signing. signing. Back. Yeah, yeah. that was funny. Back. I saw a sleeper going, "Oh, the Marlon Mack signing," and then Marlon Mack's it. Marlon Mack <laughs> <is really. laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I've got sick of this, so I've decided to just try and value RBs a little bit ahead of wide receivers when all things are equal, and that's resulted in me drafting, yeah, you know, a lot of relatively early running backs. I've not even necessarily targeted running back in rounds one and two. But I have gone heavy between sort of rounds three to, to ten. Well, you, you you've gone you've drafted running backs in the dead zone. Mm, the dead which zone seems counter. But then you know, everyone's zigging and you're zagging. Maybe it's a. I think there's player. value. I really think there's value this year in the in the so-called running back dead zone. People are undervaluing almost all of the running backs you would consider to normally be quality because of various things. And I'll run through them really quick. Josh Jacobs, no one knows if he's going to show up to camp. He was the number one running back last year. He's getting drafted in the fourth round. Take him. Uh, Alvin Kamara, he suspended three games, so everyone thinks he's worthless. Getting drafted in the seventh, sixth round. Dimensional uh, riff, man. You're forgetting. Uh, he, who, what? Excuse me? Jonathan Taylor. Oh, well, I, I didn't forget him. I was just only two in. Sorry, he's, <laughs> the headline. he's the headline, though. I wasn't going in order. My God. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is one of them. I'm actually personally a little bit out on Jonathan Taylor, though, because that situation stinks a bit yeah, to me. I think he yeah, actually... Yeah, yeah. You're out on him. That that should be the headline. He He's the one, man. He he, he could win your league or lose your sure, league. Sure, yeah. I totally think there's a lot of risk with him. Um, that could go either way. So I'm personally avoiding that. Unless the value's there. If the value's there, I'll do it. But uh, I still think people... Taking him, you know, third, fourth round, I think is reasonable. That's uh, fantastic value. I mean... The thing with running back is it's so variable, right? I mean, you, you, any one of these guys. I mean, I just drafted with my first pick in the, the third pick overall in the first round. I just took Christian McCaffrey, but that that's a huge risk. I, I don't feel comfortable about that at all. We know that guy's history; he can go down on it on any in any game and be done for the season. And that's the risk with running back, and that's why people are moving away from drafting running back early. But that's that's exactly what I'm saying. So that's why I'm taking them in number because I when I expect a few of these not to work out. But the problem with that is then you're then reducing you see with with wide receivers you generally get what you pay for right so if you're drafting a second mm. round wide receiver they're going to going to produce second round value third fourth that that continues down if you if you're spamming running back and these guys are lottery tickets some of them will work out some of them won't you're missing out on those wide receivers that are going to guarantee you between 15 to 22 points every game that, that's a big risk for me. I'm generally trying to take at least one headline receiver that I'm comfortable leading the bat with. 
as long as I can. So I think I took CD Lamb, I took Justin Jefferson, and I don't know. I can't, I'm just getting confused between all the different leagues. I don't know who, what else happened in the other one, but I am trying to at least stick with our receiver um, to, to headline for me in that position. But I just think that so many people are just leaking points every week through just non-competitive running backs that if I can form three or four running backs starting, oof, boy, that might just put me over the top, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at running backs in the flex, right? Because you're, yes. not, oh, yeah. you're not fielding enough wide receivers. I, I, I'm ideally starting four running backs, yeah. Like, that's the plan. So, you, I mean, you really are a victim of fortune with that approach. And yeah. it might work out. It could very easily work out. But they, all four of them might go down. So here's a great example. in this. So um, it's my pick in this league, right? We're, we're looking at it live. I took Travis Kelsey in the first and Mahomes in the second. And then I've taken four running backs on the bounce. Stevenson, Jamar Gibbs, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. Um, so I, I should draft a running back here. But I could take DJ Moore. Mm, don't love that situation. Love the player, but I don't know the situation. With the Bears. What, what round are we in here? Round seven. Round seven, and he's going to get you like 10 to 15 points a week. I could take Pittman. Again, Again. situation yeah, with the rookie it. QB. Uh, we it. don't know if he's accurate. Silver. Don't know about that. Or I could take DeAndre Swift <laughs> <laughs> as my fifth running back. What would be the smart thing to do here, do you think, huh? I think take receiver. How many receivers have you got on the roster already? Zero. <laughs> and I have four running backs. Yeah, I think. You think now is the time? You think now is the time? I think this is a very bizarre build. Um, I, I think you're playing with fire here. I'm just, I'm just impl- self-implementing challenges now because self-imploding. Because, because fantasy's become <laughs> so easy for me with, with you, also, Rans, that I'm now implementing my own challenges, like not drafting a, a wide receiver until I've taken five running backs and stuff like that. You know? What are you, Andy Wido? Just uh, now is the time for experiment. All right, <laughs> All right fine. I'll take DJ Moore. I, I, yeah, yes. I, I would definitely take a receiver that's going to get you some points. Oh, okay. Yeah, and DJ Moore will get points. He's he's definitely going to be a clear, unless Mooney has a has a really good one. But, I, mean, um, I, I like yeah. hero RB. I, I, I find zero yeah, RB. You lose that one running back and that's it. Season done. Boom. Over. No, Who can you get you, in on the waiver wire? You take, you take one lottery ticket and you you know, you know you kind of hopefully get his handcuff right later later rounds and you're a big handcuff guy that's your thing well if if you go in here rib it makes sense that at least a round before where everyone else is going to take that guy you take because he's one round more valuable to you as a handcuff than to everyone else right so you reach you do a later rounds reach for for your hero's handcuff that makes sense to me zero rb is too terrifying if you if you if you're taking these late round guys Say say it was last year or was yeah last year and you take Elijah Mitchell and you take uh, X another running back and both of them lose their starting jobs or or they're they're not even number two up you're boned then that, that that's risky I know I know I know the sort of analytics say to do zero RB which is not to draft a running back at all until what round ten mm-hmm. that, that that to me fills me with fear so I, I go with this hero thing but then I still punt on the, the quarterback in single quarterback leagues because the, the, the variance of points but the league we're, we're drafting in right now everyone's taking quarterbacks early and w- what's going on here is it because what, what is that what is that why is everyone doing that all of a sudden I, I think what's happened is that the fantasy um cognoscenti if you will 
have run away with certain ideas, right? The the zero RB strategy, as you say, the leave QB until the final, you know, whatever, your last pick. And I think these are popular kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, people are sitting in... Yeah, but what but what I mean is that these are like high 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 thinking. You know, they're sitting in their ivory towers, they're sipping the tea, they're talking about zero running back. But down on the streets, right, where we're all actually competing, and you know, there's blood and guts out on the street in fantasy every week. These strategies don't seem to actually work on a week to week basis. The guy with Mahomes just wins. The guy who took, uh, you know, the the best pass catching running back in the league with his second round pick, and then the 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 most pound and ground, uh, you know, most heavy workload Derek Henry type with his third pick wins every week. So people, I think, are starting to rebel against this idea that like, oh, you know more than me because you're this fantasy expert dude who who only takes the best three wide receivers with his first three picks. I just think it's glorified nonsense. I don't think these people really know what they're talking about. I think I've got it cracked and figured out and everyone else is wrong. Okay. <laughs> Simon wins Bradley 2023. <laughs> We'll see I if the results uh, <laughs> yeah, show that. Yeah. I mean, the logic behind zero RB is that you draft, you know, quality, high quality backups or uh, pass catching backs in good offenses. I just think that you can make do at receiver. I really do. I think you can. You can if you're really on it with the waiver wire and you're, you know, agile. I think you can manage at receiver. I think you can bounce around. I think you can drop and start different people in different matchups in a way that you can't do that with running backs. Running backs are just so rigid. And unless a guy goes down and then, all right, fair enough, it's a rush to the waiver wire if he's unclaimed for a backup. That's true. That is true. But that's why people say, don't worry about running back. There will be a guy that steps forward week two, week three, that suddenly no, no, he's undrafted. He's on the waiver wire. There will be sure, but then what's to say that you're definitely going to be the guy that gets him in, in waivers? You know, I'd... I'll be the guy. Be be the guy that bids seventy five percent of his fat budget on that guy. <laughs> yeah. There but might be me, two or three of them. To me, this year though, and this brings me back to my original point, which I, I, I didn't get through because uh, Gav rudely interrupted me with Jonathan so, Taylor talk. Which is that I think <laughs> I think there's so many receivers this year that a couple of years ago, last year even might have been first round pick. Uh, sorry, not receivers, running backs would have been first round picks that people are just desperately sleeping on because of injuries, suspensions, disputes. You know, uh, Aaron Jones he would have been a first round pick last year. Uh, Alvin Kamara, J.K. Dobbins. You know, uh, Najee is going too high because these are Steelers leagues, but you know, even he <laughs> I think has got a lot of upside this year. Derek Henry, right? People think he's on a downward trajectory. I just think people are getting a little bit carried away with thinking that all these running backs are just going to be garbage. I I don't think that's going to be the case. I think a few of these guys are going to put up first round level seasons. And if I've got two of them and I drafted them in the fourth and the sixth round, cool. Fine with me. It's just randomness though. There's randomness with injury. And there's randomness with... There's randomness in all of it. We live in a world of randomness. <laughs> I'd argue that... I fight against the entropy daily, Gav. <laughs> I'd say it's more random with running back than it is with wide receiver. There's a bit of predictability about it. That's what I'm saying. You get what you pay for with, with wide receiver. Life isn't about seeking some grand meaning, Gav. It's about filling your time with pointless nonsense and then one day you'll be dead. And that relates to fantasy. <laughs> now... This is all just nonsense, Gav. Just just take whoever you like. Take DeAndre Swift over when you've got no wide receivers. Yeah, if you want to lose. Like, <laughs> some people are playing the game. Some people are trying to win. I'm trying to win, man. Hey, I'm trying to win. I, I have great success rates. Just you wait. Just you wait. 
how, how have you managed to go from compl- uh, proclaiming that you're going to be a grand champion of fantasy <laughs> to questioning the futility of life in the space of five minutes? That's quite impressive, to be honest. That's the nihilism in me talking, Mike. Hey, I've got a deeper, yeah. meaningful question. Um, I just bought a Cincinnati uh, University cool. jumper. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm into vintage college apparel. It's worth mm-hmm. eBay. Rather, why, why buy a 200 pound jacket when you can buy three hoodies for 60 quid? Um, one of them, the Cincinnati one, I asked Lisa if, if it was appropriate and should I wear it. She said, There's absolutely no way you should ever wear that jumper. So I bought it immediately. Because it, it says the Cincinnati team, it's like grey jumper with a orange and black. All right, it's a little bit Benglish, but I'm just going to ignore that. It's got like an orange and black stripe across the front. And in that stripe, it says beavers. <laughs> <laughs> beavers. Now, is that acceptable? Uh, I think it's acceptable. I think it's fine. Right? It's just clearly a sports it, top. It, it's sports is, right. I was going to say, so is the suggestion here that by wearing that jumper... Uh, and the word beavers in the middle, that you are somehow walking around supporting the female genitalia. Well, that's my point. What what does it say? Well, that's the, it's, exactly. it's like you can't you can't wear that. It's, it's too. I, I truly don't think that anyone is walking past you on the street and going, oh, "That guy's wearing a shirt that references the female genitalia in that's a slightly out saying. of fashion nickname." <laughs> if, it, if it said if it said nice beavers, then you might have a, a bit of a, you know, naked gun situation yeah, on your hand. If it there. said but, uh, show us your beaver, then I'd say, yeah, don't wear that. Because <laughs> LJ being 11 was like, what's beavers mean? <laughs> and, and Lisa said, well, it's a nickname for, you know, your fanny, but no one really says it. Uh, I said, exactly, no one says that anymore. It's, it's old. doesn't matter. It's like from naked gun. And she's like, no, but everyone knows. But that's the thing, though. I think that LJ would never have known that had your missus not told her because in her generation no one's ever going to say that ever again right so I shouldn't worry about it should I exactly I agree yeah me too All right. up the Self- beavers selfie and beavers jumper coming <laughs> up soon yeah take a photo with that I want to see how it looks I really hope that he gets it and he sends us a photo mark and it's just a very suggestive looking image for some reason with beavers written in it <laughs> No, no, it's just it's a not. very like, like weird-looking beaver on the front. Of it. Yeah. The, 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 the lines of the Nike somehow make up a, 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 an obscure shape. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gav, gone. What, what was it you're searching on eBay again? You told me a few weeks ago, and I forgot. Well, your size and the word NCAA. Ah, NCAA. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. get on that. Yeah. Get some good gear, and then and then and then you start to work out what color schemes you like because mm-hmm. that, that's the beauty of it. Like, I don't support any of these college teams, but I, I like like. Western Virginia for me is like the ideal color scheme, and I like Michigan State. But that that works out because uh, we've got a few few guys, Connor Hayward, Le'Veon Bell, over the time. Uh, there's another one, mm. uh, so that works out. But yeah, it's just it's just decent gear, you know. Obviously, we all like football gear, but we can't wear different teams stuff. So well, to wear a Seattle jersey now and again. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've actually got a uh, like a a wardrobe full of jerseys. I wanted to get one for every team at one point. Um, and if I'm just going casually around, like, I used to play American football in a Titans jersey over the pads because it was extra large, so it was massive. Um, Careful, they might actually sign you up to the 53. <laughs> as a receiver, yeah. I can't, I can't catch either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind wearing, I don't know, like, I, wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go around in a, a Browns or a Bengals or a Ravens shirt or anything, or, or, or a Patriots shirt, but I don't know, outside of that, I'm not too bothered. Feels weird. Especially, I think, especially because we're in England, right? So it's not as... 
you know, I don't know. That kind of changes it for some reason. Like, if I was in America, I wouldn't do it at all, probably, because I would expect that people know about it and just might get involved in conversation about it, and I'd have to try and defend myself somehow. But you know. I don't... <laughs> I'd, I'd feel weird about it. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Uh, oh, look at these guys. Oh, just better fans than me. Oh, just better fans. He's <laughs> <laughs> got some integrity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've got something else. If, if, if uh, how, how are we running? I've got no, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I've got that. I brought back the Who Am I? Oh, I like it. I thought you want to do oh, one. Yes. Want to do one? Yeah, because th- this particularly frustrating for me because I knew both of the answers while I was on holiday. Typical. And now you're going to give me some nonsense that I'm going to have no clue about. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? So the uh, the gag is, if you missed the episode where I did this on the last, uh, I asked AI to help me write a bio for a player. Oh, it's AI. Oh. Yeah, it's AI. I and it. I found AI is pretty much inaccurate most of the time. <laughs> it's had It's had players... Uh, being drafted by the team they finished their career with, and their careers being backwards, uh, coming from completely random towns, playing Ooh. for different colleges. So uh, at the moment, don't trust AI for your football stuff, but uh, I'm sure it's getting better. It, it writes a good bio, it's just the facts are wrong. So uh, I'm forgiving you. But, Great, so, so it's just like the rest of the media. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's totally useless. It's already well, fitting in perfectly <laughs> with the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, okay. So, so first player, all right. Who am no, I? Just, sorry, just a very quick question. Is this going to be like last time, where it's like an old player and a new player? Or is this just just ignore that? Uh, and is it Steelers based? It's definitely a Steelers player. Okay, definitely a Steelers player. Um, former player, former okay, player. Okay, that's okay. all I'm going to give you. Yep. Okay, because okay. hopefully the uh, the bio will, will will tell you. All right. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and attended Woodlands Highs High School. That's annoying. Oh, sorry, Woodland Hills High School. Sorry, shout out to Woodland Hills. Star athlete in high school, playing football, basketball, and track. Went on to play college football at the University of Maryland, where he was a two-time All-American. Drafted eighth overall in the first round. Eighth overall in the first round of the 1997 NFL draft. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I was one. Dominant player in the NFL for over a decade. Six-time Pro Bowl selection, four-time All-Pro selection. 1997, drafted eighth overall. He played for the Steelers for 10 seasons. He was a key member of the Pittsburgh Steelers' steel curtain defense, which won two Super Bowls. Joined the Steelers in 2002. He wasn't drafted by Ah, uh, see, I, I, see I, I was like, oh, oh, oh dear, who have we drafted eight? Okay, see. Hmm. He played until he retired after the 2011 season. 2002, 8th overall. Steel currently, currently a football analyst for CBS. <gasps> also has co-founder of a foundation, which bears his name, which provides educational and recreational opportunities for children in need. This That's guy what? is a dude. 230 games played. This is career. 197 starts. 1,012 career solo tackles, 11 interceptions. Why am I... This feels like someone that should be really obvious. Probably is, isn't it? Yeah, I... will give I you can't... a clue in a second. Go so on. It's, I'm guessing it's like a... Uh... Go through those stats again, sorry, again, Kev. 230 games played, 197 starts, 1,012 career solo tackles, 11 interceptions. We played on both of the last two Super Bowl winning teams. 
Yeah. Um, Still can't remember. I'm a Pittsburgh boy. I'll give you a clue. Uh, trouble is, like, I don't know who we drafted and who we signed. Do you know what I mean? So I'm okay, like... Sure. <laughs> oh, I, like, like sorry, go on. Drafted eighth overall in the first round. Like, it, like, it's not like Joey Porter, right? Like, did we, we no. drafted Joey Porter? By the Jets. Drafted by the Jets. Okay. That's me out. <laughs> um, oh, God. I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm just really trying to think of... Okay, it's, it's not going to be Harrison. He's often cited as one of the best free agent <laughs> signings the Steelers ever made. Was he playing with the Steelers at the end of his career? Yeah. Mm. Played 20, 2011 played 14 games. 2011 played... Oh. I mean, I've got a clue here that will give you his name. So I don't know if I should give you that. Yeah, probably not that. Ah, <laughs> uh, da da da! Oh God, yeah, I'm just really struggling to. Is it a linebacker? It is or a is... linebacker. Oh, inside linebacker. Nickname. One of his nicknames was Potsy. Potsy. <laughs> That's not the one that gives away his name. Rich, no. Rich, can I just say, Rich has been screaming at his mobile for like the last <laughs> last ten minutes, like I was last week screaming Sammy Coates in, in, a, in a, on a loose street. Um, I'm out of clues. I can't. Yeah, okay, I don't know. His uh, his other nickname was the Ultimate Farrier. Well, oh, James, James Farrier. Farrier. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, there you go. All right. Uh, yeah, see, that, see, that's weird, right? Because that's that's one of these names that I just don't think was ever going to spring to the top of my head for some reason. Even though it yeah. should have. No, I, I, I thought the Jets clue. That's why I held, we yeah. held the Jets. I just thought the Jets this is, connection. Yeah, this is just true. my bad memory with names and stuff. I was probably <laughs> Okay. Um, concerns that this one might be harder, but let's go. For <laughs> okay, oh, this oh, dude Lord. played college football at the University of Miami, where he was named 2008 Atlantic Coast Conference Defensive Rookie of the Year. Is that Miami of Ohio? No, University of Miami. The U, <laughs> and that would be a bit and, and offensive. Uh, but yeah, so defensive rookie of the year in the okay. ACC in 2008, drafted in the third round in 2012 by the Steelers. Third round, 2012, after being a Buckus Award semi-finalist. There you go. There's some clues there. Mm-hmm. If you know about the Buckus Award, yeah, you like the uh-huh. Buckus Award. He had two stints with the Steelers. And he played for the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts in between. 52 games, 23 starts. So he was with the team longer than he sort of played, but he was on the roster. And there's a very good reason for that because he suffered a very serious knee injury during the preseason and was declared out for the entire 2012 season. Mm. On August 25th, 2013, so a year later, Steelers placed him on reserve, physically unable to perform. Three weeks after being taken off the putt list, they placed him on injured reserve, ending his 2013 season. So he was drafted, didn't play for two years. I was hoping that clue would give it away. 
So a guy that was drafted in the third round and then was basically injured from yeah. the start for two years. Drafted in 2012, didn't play for two years, then played for the Steelers, then moved on. And then came back. And then came back. Yeah, this is definitely someone I'll know. Okay, so, I'll help you out. A versatile, line, yeah. versatile linebacker. Another linebacker. Played both inside and outside. Good tackler. Good speed. Uh, good pass rusher. Jason Worlds. No. Um, Ended up being a solid contributor. But, you know, with the third round pick, they had high hopes for this dude. Well, we all did. We all thought this was, this was going to be a guy. Defensive rookie of the year in the ACC. Blew his knee out. That is where my lack of 2010s knowledge is going to really come in. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm completely blank. It, give up. Is this a guy? Is this a guy that that made you know was a made a lot of impact on the Steelers? I didn't. Fifty two games, twenty three starts. Mm. Uh, my laptop seems to have done something weird. Uh, I can't be started. Um, yeah, my laptop's crashed. I, I'd like to give you the breakdown of his games, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> he kind of didn't play that much. He went away after um, the injury, then came back, and his uh, actual final stint was a bit. Timmons. No. Oh, I'm trying to think of linebackers that were in the 2010s. I don't, I'm, I'm struggling. No, I don't know. I can't think. Uh, Have I Arthur, defeated you? Arthur Motes. Good guess. Good guess, but no, wasn't drafted by the Steelers. No, I, I, I don't. I'm struggling. Uh, yeah, give up. No, just, I'm, just I'm, give I'm up. not going to get I it. Give up, I give up. Go I give up. I give up. Sean Spence. Sean Spence. Uh, yeah. Great hairdo. One more, or do, or do we stop there? <laughs> is it harder? Um, this one was is, is more old-timey. But... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's <not> it, <laughs> it is, like, pointless me playing this game with anyone that didn't play while I was watching, because otherwise I'll just not have a clue. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. Save that one for Rich. <laughs> Although you did it with two players that I did watch here, and I was still close. Oh, so. good effort. I have just the, the problem is I've got this terrible mix of um, horrible memory and like needing <laughs> things to be visual. So if it's not something, someone that I watch week after week, I'll probably forget, and I'll forget anyway because I forget everything that happens after three years. So yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. With, with, the, with, with the clues not enough, it kind of it kind of you kind of hit a point where you kind of have to give it away. Like there's no, yeah. no, nothing more you can say. Like you run out of intel. So maybe yeah. that's where the game falls down. It's like you just go well. It's a fun game. Like, you just got useless contestants. Well, maybe that's. <laughs> yeah, fair play. <laughs> Good I reckon Mike would have got fairer. Yeah, he would have done. Maybe I'll get better at these things. Like, 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 like I say last uh, the other week, I, I was, I was in on Sammy Coates. Once she said it was, uh, I can't remember what you said. Like the receiver that, I think he said like the receiver that got caught or something. When wasn't he the one that? Uh, uh, thing he tweeted about saying like, "Oh, he's not my replacement. That's Brian Coates' replacement." Yeah, yeah, or Brown, Matt Davis Bryant. Yeah, tweeted yeah, that right. out yeah, and yeah. said that that's uh, that's Sammy Coates' replacement about Juju. I think or someone like that. Yeah. I remember. Good times. I, like I like this exercise because you you always find out that this player was, you know, won X award for being best Y in Z league. You yeah, know? And it just shows you that each one of these guys is. The best An player on the field. Champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Even even Sean Spence, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. Like I have not thought about Sean Spence in probably like five years. 
It feels like. Well, if it, if it, it does, he's one of those guys. He he could have been. Yeah, could have been a big impact player. Yeah, just that injury. You know, it's like spent years coming yeah. back for it, and that was it. And it was Man, you know, for real. Next off season, got to spend a bit more time delving through old games and stuff, and just because I think just even doing that cursory a little bit would just remind, like, just trigger your memory of all these players that you haven't thought about in ages. You know. Yeah, well, we, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to go back and do a game review on each Super Bowl, win or lose. Yeah, that would be good. Let's do yeah. that this off season. Yeah, we should. We've got plenty of time. This off season, yeah. what the what? <laughs> just the one we just finished. The oh, next off season, twenty four. All right, we should. We should. All right, all right. Let's wrap it up there. That'll do us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you for joining us all off season. Next week we'll have a game to talk about. Uh, if you stuck oh, around. My. Um. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen, on this uh, bit of a wild card show this week. Not really one topic, just kind of bounced around a little bit. Perfect. Been fun. Good stuff. <laughs> um, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. Follow Gav at GM Boom Up. Follow Mark at Mesh NFL. All on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, only on, I'm only on X now. I don't no! Know. <laughs> X uses a band. <laughs> oh, God bless. Okay, well, yeah, we'll see you all next week. We'll have seen the Steelers play a game again. Yes. Woohoo! Go Steelers. Yeah!